Welcome, one and all, to <laughs> Ladies with Gumption, episode 145, No Good Deed. We are the Ladies with Gumption. We recap DCTD in a flash. I am Tatiana, and I'm here with... Jessica. And May. And you can find us at DCTV Gumption on Twitter, ladieswgumption at gmail.com, ladieswgumption.tumblr.com, and actually listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Patreon, where you can spend 10 precious dollars a month to listen to us talk about anything and everything, including The Mandalorian, Bridgerton, The Boys, The Witcher, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, One Day Soon, Mortal Kombat, and most recently, Shadow and Bone, at patreon.com slash dctvgumption. But and in the meantime, also, okay. also the now that they're coming up again, because we don't really talk about we always talk about the ones that are most recent, but also um, Titans and Doom Patrol and all of the, the the premium DC shows will be on Patreon as well. And Motherland Fort Salem season two is coming up. Yes. So if you got excited for our Shanks. first season recap, <laughs> Shang. <laughs> you have time to sign up now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so. Uh, if you're not listening to those, or even if you are, uh, we can now get on to news. So, what have we learned on this fine day? Uh, May, would you like to catch us up on... No? Because we don't have any S- Superman and Lois, right? Oh, no, we did have today. Superman and Lois. It, yeah, we did? It, was yeah. Yeah, it came back, back this week. Because Supergirl is gone <laughs> oh, now. Oh, that's so. right. I forgot. I thought we were just in dead space. All right, continue. It's Tell just us about everyone's Superman just Lois. forgotten about this show. <laughs> Um, well, this week saw more family drama uh, with the boys going to, I guess, compete against the Metropolis football team. And I didn't know they could do that because I thought that Metropolis and Smallville were in different districts. states, but maybe not um, in <laughs> different districts. So district. I don't know. I don't know. The Arrowverse just doesn't know how college works. They don't understand how districts work. They don't. It's just a mess over there. <laughs> but and uh, so we had that and like. Clark tagged along but there was like something going on with Jordan's powers because he had gotten into a fight with that schoolmate that we don't know we don't know who these people yeah. are yeah. <laughs> long story short it was actually a pretty good episode it was a good comeback um, right now the most interesting part for me is uh, Lois and Lex who goes by Marcus Bridgewater are teaming up to investigate Morgan Edge and that's like, hmm, hmm, where is that going next? And then next week's episode is going to be like his backstory. So that's going to be interesting. And I think that's honestly like the best aspect of the show so far. But I do think that it's, it's doing a decent job showing like Clark as a dad and husband first and like him superheroing second. Like even his Superman action sequences aren't, you know, very grand or anything like that. But they are like this this week's episode. He sort of lost his temper and sort of like the lesson of of it is like i have a lot of power i could easily hurt someone and he realizes other people are more afraid of him than he is afraid of his powers and that mm-hmm. is what make keeps him like responsible and keeps him with a good head on his shoulders in terms of like not actually hurting people with those powers because he knows what could happen if he just unleashes all of that so yeah a solid episode <laughs> superman mm-hmm. lois in a flash <laughs> tune in next week <laughs> that concludes our segment. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, we found out that Tom Cavanaugh knew he wanted to leave after season five, 
which makes sense because he would have left after season six, if not for COVID times. He, he so. saw Sherlock and he was like, you know, my time's up now. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I have like, definitely jumped the shark. <laughs> it's yeah. time to go. And I, you know, I'm proud that he, I'm proud of him for having recognized that. And if you other know. people could do that, you know, <laughs> every time, every time we, you know, we can't manifest. I never, I never we just, said we just do the opposite. I just, <laughs> But just putting it out there. Just putting it out just, there. Just in the um, name dropping or anything. No names. Yeah. No names. <laughs> but he will uh, still be somewhat on the fringes of the Arrowverse, directing the season one finale of Superman and Lois. So he'll be because he has done that a couple times on the Flash. We do know he can do it, and he shall yeah, do and it. He apparently wrote a pilot that got picked up by ABC. CBS? Oh wow! So talk yeah, I don't remember what it was called. All kinds of but mouths. yeah, he's been busy. So all right, all right. Meanwhile, David Ramsey uh, previewed his Arrowverse show hopping. <laughs> yeah, because he had like a deal to do that, but then we have not seen him in any episodes. So I'm right. guessing they're all starting like right now. <laughs> right. So I guess he just had a vacation, but now he's now it's coming. Um, he's going to be in Legends, as we know. Um, he, he directed, directed an episode. Yeah. Next episode is it the next episode of um, Supergirl? Whatever, whatever episode. Oh, the, of Supergirl. Isn't he directing the Kelly episode of Supergirl? Yes. But that's not premiering until August. Oh, okay. So that's far, far away from now. Yeah. But still, that is like the next whatever mm. thing thing up his sleeve. Um, and also, uh, whether or not he'll become a Green Lantern. So will he become a Green Lantern? <laughs> <laughs> Do we know the answer? I think in the um, in the interview, it said that he initially, whatever's in the box, he didn't want it. And so his appearances on the shows are the consequences of like, are the fallout of him declining whatever uh-huh. was in the box kind of thing. Like, back. Which if it is, if it is Green Lantern, <laughs> that makes sense because he can't even handle a like Mach 1 journey from <laughs> Star City to Central City very. So I, I highly doubt that he'd be jumping at That's a chance true. to like join like an alien police force. So there's no yeah, one. He just got his daughter back, you know, mm-hmm. he's yeah. living his life. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So he's he's just gonna peace. He's just gonna chill. Not going to manifest anything with his will, or any other kind of lantern color. Meanwhile, <laughs> yes, maybe by the end, maybe it'll be like another situation, like oh, uh, Falcon God. and the Winter Soldier. It'll be. That's <laughs> <laughs> I do not want it. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, in other news, HBO Max ordered the animated series My Adventures with Superman, and it will have young Clark. Uh, and then Lois, interestingly, and Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> Why is that? Well, no, because if it's young Clark, you would assume you're going to have Lana um, and not Lois. Well, I mean, not but... that young, because they're like young. Yeah. You're like mid young. Like, you're reporter young. Like, you're like young adult Clark. Clark's yes. already past college, but, <laughs> but <laughs> under. Anyway. Um, so, yes, it'll have Lois and Jimmy Olsen. Uh, Jack Quaid from The Boys is going to voice Clark. Alice Lee from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which I must continue, Yay. is going to voice Lois. I love her. I don't know who's going to be Jimmy. It's not written here. But she is great, yes. Well, it's and, not written in the thing. I guess they haven't found the voice actor yet. But Jimmy in good. the promo is, or in like the promo poster is black. So another yeah. animated Continuing the the redhead oppressor gang <laughs> agenda. <laughs> At least it. that means that our our Jimmy Olsen from Supergirl did get to leave a lasting impact, mm-hmm. even though he did not last in the series. Um, also, there will be a new Batman animated series called Batman Cape Crusader. 
from Bruce Tim and AJ Abrams. It looks less fun compared to Superman. <laughs> it looks more dramatic. I mean, yeah, it's got, it's got Matt As Reeves. all Batman things are, I feel like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is this part of his expansion of like Batman things? Because... Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. I also thought there was something, because I, I forgot to write it down here. There's something about Batgirl. And two people. Oh, yes, yes. The Bad Boys 2 directors. Right, are going to be directing. Are going to be directing. Batman and I need to find the names because they're, they're Mina, and I love that for us. <laughs> um, but what sucks, though, is that it it is a, you they're know, men. being written by. Well, they're men, but, you know, <laughs> they, made, they made some sort of impression. So that hopefully will open the door to, you know, women also of Mina descent <laughs> directing things in the DC world. But it's going to be a. An HBO specific movie, which is Adil interesting. Adil Arbi and Bilal Fala. Oh, interesting! Um, so it's going to be direct to HBO Max. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's which is, I say interesting because I'm like side eyeing it because it's like why Batgirl are you sending yeah. to HBO Max and like not everything else is kind of going to theaters. So. Right. Hmm. I wonder if this, do, you, do we also think that the Batgirl movie did say in the article whether that's also an expansion of the Batman verse that they're trying to create with our bats? They didn't say. They just said that they're because focused know, on uh, like you know, Barbara yeah, Gordon. Because Barbara is black in, in that movie. So I'm wondering if it's like an extension that's based on that actress or... Yeah, they, I don't think they weren't really specific. I just remember it's uh, what's her face, Christina Hodson, who's yeah. writing the, the oh, script. who wrote who Bumblebee, Birds of Prey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and... the Birds of Prey. She's doing the Flash. Yeah, so interesting. Okay, Very interesting that they're that they're choosing to go direct. I don't know. Maybe they're just testing out different options. Testing the waters. Exactly. Um, but you know, yay for Batgirl. Uh, not so yay for Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. <laughs> Gal waiting for Godot. Gal Gadot. All right. She um <laughs> she spoke up about the Israel Palestine conflict. Um people and she basically was like both sides pain. This is very sad. And then people were like you fought for the IDF. So be quiet. And I don't really have anything else to say about that. But she has spoken previously about, you know, loving the IDF. Like yes. yes. So I'm like And I also think- in this statement specifically <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, is that she basically a she both sides it, which right, which we don't we don't which need. we don't don't do, you know, right. because we obviously uh, see what this is if everyone has done their reading and research. Um, but also the fact that she doesn't even say like Palestinians, she's like our neighbors deserve the same. I was like they're not okay. they're not okay. your neighbors. <laughs> it's an occupied your... people. Right, That's right. It's not the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Our so, neighbors yeah, that we're forcing her mouth too. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. and it's funny because like she knew what she was doing too. She turned off the comments, and then HBO right. Max is like, "Wonder Woman's coming back to HBO Max," and they turned, turned off, off the comments. comments. Yeah. I just don't know so... why she felt the need to speak words when she, like you said, knew what was like what did she think was going to happen. And you know what's interesting too, because um, like the Hadid sisters, Gigi and Bella, mm-hmm. um, I think Bella particularly has been very. She's gone to like protests and. Um, all this stuff, trying to like raise raise awareness, and their family is actually from Palestine. Like mm-hmm. her, her uh, on her father's side, of course, but mm-hmm. like, grandparents and people they were lived, grew up in Palestine, and, like fled to to Syria as refugees. And you know, so she was talking about all of her history and like why it's so passionate to her. And um, apparently, she's lost like brand deals. Like mm-hmm. Dior won't work with her anymore. The Hadid and- sisters have. 
because Bella, they, I know Bella specifically. Yeah, Bella's uh, been very uh, yeah. The more she lost deals and contracts and a bunch of other stuff. Wow. Yeah, um, and so I saw like on on someone was pointing out like the double standards of mm-hmm. you know Gal got to. I guess because she was both sizing it, they were like, oh, okay. Yeah, but also, like, literally, our government is pro-Israel, you Mm -hmm. know, the official stance. Yeah, and I think, (laughs) like, the double standards basically stems from, like, I mean, people don't really realize, like, decades and decades of being silenced, of, Mm -hmm. like, not being able to talk about this in public because there's, you know, you lose this and a lot of other people have lost their jobs for Mm -hmm. speaking up about it. So it's, yeah, it's really frustrating. Yeah, I remember in college, it was, like, I think that we had like protests in the Middle Eastern department because it was so pro-Israel. And there was like one professor who was like pro-Palestine and then they were like kicked out basically or they were like barred from like speaking. I was just like, yeah. So it has just been like, even though like it's something that we are just hearing about now in terms of a large scale, like the Twitterverse has been ongoing mm-hmm. since the creation of Israel. So yeah, I could talk about <laughs> that forever. But um. Yeah, if you want to hear more about it, you can listen to the Middle Geeks. Yes. <laughs> Dropping that podcast in. Plug so we that. talked about you go. that um, specifically and, and what's everything that's going on in the history of it and, and stuff like that. So if you want to learn and more and also happen. don't rely on me either because there's a lot of more uh, better spoken people who can mm-hmm. You so know what? There this. is like a TikTok video of this guy that like explains the whole history of like the origin of like the Israel and, and Palestine conflict. And it's like TikTok is so informational. <laughs> yeah. Of social media and people mm-hmm. kind of becoming more aware of it. So that that part's great. So if yeah. we want to listen to TikTok, we can. If we want to listen to a little bit more than TikTok, when is your episode yeah. going to be? Is, oh, it's, it's out, out right already? now. So you oh, okay. can, yes, it's, already it's out, out right out. now. Okay. And you can go to the Little Geeks on our Twitter and the link is, is in there. Wonderful. Next. Speaking of other people who <laughs> should have <laughs> eaten their food, <laughs> should talk less. Yeah. <laughs> you want to introduce? Yes. It? Oh well, Grant um, <laughs> was on a I don't even know what it was like a chat, a video interview conversation, talking about you know how he became aware of racism, and apparently he was not aware of racism before the Black Lives Matter movement. So. Because he Thank grew up you. in the theater community. Because he grew up in the theater, <laughs> the theater community. community um, so obviously and people are not. And he has black friends. So if they had very experienced racism, he would know about it. And mentors, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so like, wait, what? people were obviously not responding well to that conversation. I don't, even, like, I don't think it's even necessarily that he said that he made some discoveries because it's obvious that he did. It's, it's like the fact that he, it was like a prime opportunity. You, you do know one person in your recent history that definitely experienced some racism, um, your co-star. And I just thought it was really odd that he talked around it and just didn't mention it, um, kind of like glossed over it just because it was just a prime example of him not doing something right before, but having grown through the Black Lives Matter conflict and um, doing it, doing more now. So it was just really kind of like odd. And it's like clear the weird thing or the interesting thing about like Instagram aesthetics or whatever is that the interviewer, I'm pretty sure she's not a Grant fan, didn't know him, didn't follow him, not all oh, up in okay, okay. section. So, you know, she's got an interview. Like she's like, you, like you talked to you was like, I have a, I have a interview at the start of tomorrow and I have seen none <laughs> of their seasons. So I have to download <laughs> all the season ones. We talked to them about season two. 
I doubt that she knew like Grant before. So she's just like, let me look through this guy's Instagram, see what he's like. And you can see several Black Lives Matter posts that he made and be like, oh my God, he's an ally. Let's talk to him about that. Not knowing, you know, and so he gets to kind of look like it's maybe, I don't think that's what he intentionally intended it to be, but just like the effect of him having it on there and people casually like scrolling through and seeing this stuff makes him seem like an ally without really getting into how he got there. How he got there. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> it, it's frustrating too because like you you like you mentioned about him having the opportunity to mention Candace and also we know that he told us they had a conversation and even Never like pr- previously we've seen him respond to comments we know he's seen the hate from the very beginning and he's made a video even be like yes Iris is our you know she's here she's here to stay she's black. black like yeah so it's like <laughs> you're obviously aware of this so I don't understand why you couldn't say that like you know maybe I was just sitting in my privilege and you know I woke up to it more and I decided to say something about it versus like, actually ignoring him. it and having the privilege to ignore it yeah right. it would have made his his story a lot stronger if he yeah. had just addressed the fact that you know here's a prime example of me not recognizing what my privilege gives me yeah. and he just chose to not do it which makes people side eye you right yeah I I, I saw I saw the the searches. I hadn't known what was happening until I saw the searches. It was like Grant Radiant, Grant Radiant. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, okay. I see a thing has happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> so once again, you know, sometimes I'm sure he does have like you know he was not prepared for the question, like you said. So then he's like, "What do I do?" Scrambles and says a dumb thing, but that's why he should actually believe what he's been trying to espouse so that he can then say something (laughs) more correct when he's asked off the cuff. (laughs) So, um, it's been great in DC World. Obviously, everyone's doing really well. Um, (laughs) But now we will talk about the fictional side of DC World uh, where May will take us through the joys, the no joys, the feedback, and the ladies with the gumption of all the four shows that we have to talk about. Starting with Side A, Legend of Tomorrow, and Batwoman. Yes, indeed. So Side A is all about the buzz slash consider me a memory. That sounds really sad. <laughs> Starting with Legends of Tomorrow, the legends find themselves back in 2045 trying to defeat an alien conqueror called Lord Noxacrillion. Baby Yoda meets Men in Black Alien, <laughs> which leaves Zari no choice but to enter a popular singing competition called The Throne in a bid to win and glean information from him on the space whereabouts of Sarah. Ava, meanwhile, has finally had enough of Rory's behavior and with the encouragement of Spooner gives him some tough love. He's feeling down about being the last OG legend and also thinks Ava's way of trying to find Sarah is really stupid. <laughs> it is stupid. I gotta give it to you. <laughs> Sorry, Here's Mick right. making some interesting points for once. Uh-huh. Um, then we have Sarah, who is still in space and is struggling after being poisoned, but she's also attacked by a bunch of Ava clones. So is this planet full of Ava clones? And apparently Gary eats other aliens, which is sort of gross and disgusting. Um, and then meets up with this mystery man who's you know, has a man bun. So mayor, yeah. man bun, beard. We know his name, but you know, he's he easily strikes interests. 
<laughs> um, and then, of course, there are Zari and Constantine who have a much needed conversation with each other about the relationship status after he overhears a conversation between Zari and her mom about her love life. Because we all know pesky Mina mothers are always trying to get their daughters to marry the people that they want to marry. <laughs> what broad joy. Um, well, this is definitely a step up from last week. So joys for that. Um, I really enjoyed uh, in this episode, just like on the ship side, Spooner being like pointing out the obvious and how Mick gets away with like too much shit and that he doesn't really respect Ava or anybody on the ship. And, you know, like he's supposed to be she assigns um, Spooner to be with Mick so Mick can show her the ropes, which Ava, why? But (laughs) he when he doesn't do his job, I like that Spooner is just. You know, she like stands up and like calls him out on his shit and like you were supposed to be doing something like, you know, oh, you're, you know, I forgot what she said, but, you know, it's just kind of like made him kind of stop and be like, because no one really challenges him on anything. So I like that she challenged him on it. Um, and, and like kind of like you're supposed to be my guy. So God, bitch. <laughs> um <laughs> And then on like the main part of the storyline, I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was like a constant twist because I thought for sure that John was going to be the person that's going to be running away and afraid of commitment. So it was really interesting to see that it was actually more of Zari's issue, um, you know, especially when she's talking to her mom. And I'm glad that, you know, since it is in 2045, we got to see her mom again. And we, we got kind of got thrown back into the Zari and Behrad of 2045 because on the ship, we kind of lose sight of like what their normal life was like. So they kind of fell back into that. Um, and I like how the mom came to visit and, you know, they're speaking Farsi. Yes. Um, so I, I like, I always like, you know, those little touches like that because it just feels like more natural that they would talk in their native language instead of just always English all the time. Um, but it was really interesting that she had the thing of oh it's not gonna last and so it's, it's gonna be really interesting like f- to get to the root of why she thinks that is but i thought it was like a, a nice twist um and that john was the one that was like wanting it more and being upset and like why don't you want to claim me <laughs> kind of thing so i thought that was cute um and then just in general like him also being a fish out of water because the legends is mostly I feel like John's territory, especially in, in the beginning when Zari first joined the ship, because all of that was just like so completely out of her element. Um, whereas John has always been surrounded by crazy things. So here Zari's in her element and John is like, what is all of this craziness and him being like uncomfortable in the spotlight? Um, but then not wanting to run away from his relationship with Zari. So that I thought that was all kind of really interesting to see it all play out. Um I liked how easily it was for Zari to slip back into celebrity and um, we get like a kind of like a how it started versus how it's going um, that shows all of her growth through the seasons that she's been here. Um, And I like that she was concerned about her business in 2045 because that's one thing that's kind of like she's been on the ship so long like don't people miss her? (laughs) She's supposed to be like a celebrity but she's been like out of the spotlight for so long so I like that it kind of picked up on that and she was able to reboost her career and her business while also helping the legend so it's like two birds one stone I get it she's such a boss um 
I thought the singing competition was like a fun way to do that. And it was like a fun and less combative way to defeat the villain. So I thought that was, it was nice that the villain was like, oh, yes, you defeat people by song. Okay, that sounds logical. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) That was fun. Um, I thought it was a very, very fun episode. Definitely an improvement from last week. Um, I loved how much focus there was on Zari. And I absolutely adore this version of King of the Mass Singer or, or the Mass Singer or whatever it's called in the American version. I was like, I would be watching if this is what the show was like. But <laughs> sadly, it is not actually that fun. So anyway, um, I really loved that we got to see the celebrity side of Zari again and also that she does care about her business. So it's not just like, oh, she's so vapid and she doesn't really care what's going on. And she's just like, whatever, you know, like fun and ditzy, glitz and glamour. It was um, actually something that she's actively working towards, even if she puts on that persona in order to maintain it or to go higher with it. It is actually a passion of hers. And we see that even though Constantine got frustrated because of what she had said to her mom, because he thought that she didn't really like him or she wasn't really ready to commit or whatever, he was not frustrated by watching her in her element as a celebrity. He was actually like, proud of her. He thought that she was like doing a good job. And then and then the and then the mom conversation ruined it. But I did, just like as I said, like that it was actually Zari's commitment issues that caused the snafu between them, and he was already ready to open up and be like, hey, let's date. So that was really cute when, I, when they got, uh, you know, they did the duet at the end was super cute. And her response in her song uh, about her feelings was great. And the cute little alien. I loved him when he was, you know, robot man, mystery. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> yes, Noxacrillion. And then I loved him when he came out. No. And he was just a little tiny. Noxacrillion. <laughs> <laughs> alien from Toy Story. Uh, so that was a great, uh, that was a really, really fun addition for the, for only the episode. Um, I think we got baby Yoda and Mando at the same time. Right. Yeah. right exactly. Little baby Yoda <laughs> exactly. inside. That, oh my God. That would be an amazing season of the Mandalorian. It was just baby Yoda <laughs> inside the Mando suit. Ah, he has to learn how to speak English. But maybe he'd have like a little TARDIS translator. It'd be fine. Then he comes out and he's just, but anyway. Oh, like, oh he's broken season three. There you go. <laughs> I did like, I did love that Spooner called out Mick to Ava and that Ava called out Mick in turn. And then that Mick actually had a point for half a second. <laughs> he stopped having a point, but he had a point for a little bit. Um, I also did I love. That in my life, but he did have a point. <laughs> um, I also loved that Sarah had to leave it to Gary, right? And then Gary was like, no, I can't. She was like, listen, <laughs> I have had to do horrible things and now I'm going to make you do horrible things so that we can survive. Um, so then witnessing Gary, like, you know, eating everything as the alien and then he, like, re- turns out to Gary. He's like, I'm so sorry you had to see that. I'm sorry I got carried away. It was super <laughs> cute. Um, also, I was going to be like, the, cl- the Ava clone is dumb. So why would Sarah believe that? But then, uh, first, I understand she was in, like, a very weakened state. So, like, I was like, I was ready to let it go. And then she knew it wasn't Ava. So I was like, oh, yes, double points. <laughs> she, she was in a weakened state, so it was okay. And also, she still knew it wasn't Ava. So I did like that. Uh, I already said Spooner, but in general, Spooner's great, and I want to see more of her. But I do like how we're, like, slowly, like, getting to know her, getting to know how she feels about things. Um, and, yeah, the fact that she can, like, talk down to Mick is great and not let him talk down to her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wonderful. 
um, Behrad as like Zari's makeup stylist. artist, stylist yeah. or whatever he was, was incredible. <laughs> uh, obsessed. Um, <laughs> even loved that DJ Marshmallow, whatever the hell his name was. DJ uh, S'more Money. DJ S'more Money. Money. That's right. DJ S'more Money, like, tried to, like, bring it on them. And by, oh, like, I like having... that John, like, set his hand on fire. <laughs> <laughs> by, by having Nox Acrylian sing the song first, sing Zari's song first, and then the song still just had the, dra- I'm the real dragon girl in it. So I was like, okay. <laughs> um, that was hilarious. So yeah, overall fun, fun episode. Love that we got to see Zari's mom. Um, and I like that they're sort of like, it's like, oh, Zari's on hiatus. She's on a retreat or whatever. So we have an explanation for what they think Zari's doing. Um, and that it does have real world consequences in that her brand is deteriorating because the face of it is not around. Mm-hmm. Whew! <laughs> it was beautiful. That would be yeah. fun for her to take pictures in like random centuries and act like it's just a costume party or something. Right. <laughs> 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 um but yeah I, I also like this the singing part singing competition part of the episode um as well i love that it was sort of like a parody of obviously the x factor and the masked singer and it sort of turned into game of thrones and then the mandalorian i'm like i don't know what's going on here but somehow it's working <laughs> um i love i didn't think we were gonna get the character development for Zari and Constantine's relationship so soon like I thought that they were actually going to draw it out and be like oh episode 10 it's like we need to talk about our relationship Um, but I'm really glad that they decided to do it so early on because it really sets them up as a great ship for this season Um, and sort of how they're bouncing off of each other to explore parts of themselves that they are not necessarily comfortable with which i really like um and i think even like the use of the song you know shouldn't have fallen in love some whatever you know what i'm talking about (laughs) and somebody um, that you shouldn't or something like that exactly which was also used in shrek and they did remind me of like shrek and fiona like on paper these two do not work at all (laughs) and then you see them together like oh this is lovely (laughs) i want more um so i feel very much like that about constantine and z and so i think that everything about them this episode really worked from you know the even like the whole hunger games moments like you know are you really in love with her he's just like oh my god i need to get off the stage (laughs) like she was the one who's not feeling (laughs) in public (laughs) so i love that too and you know everything because it just it's just so great for for both of their individual development and them as a ship. Um, I love the fact that they brought back Zari's mom as well, just like you said, because she got, you know, we got to see her. We get to continue to see Zari's um, home life and those dynamics, as well as getting to hear them speak Farsi to each other, which is really exciting on a superhero show. Um, and also kind of seeing like Zari's insecurities because her brand really positions her in a way where it's like, yeah, I'm always confident. I'm, I know what I'm doing. All of these things are just happening to me. But we start to see like the cracks in the facade. Um, and you know, that is just being human. And I like that she's actually getting to have those moments as well. Um, and discovering what it is that she actually wants and not just like what her mom may want or what she's, what she thinks is going to work and what doesn't work. So she can easily like leave the situation. Um, so all of that was great. And then, of course, like, I love Nox Acrylian. I just thought his name was really fun, too. It's like, this is just, you know, wild. And um, the whole, the idea that 
that he comes from like such an advanced race of uh, aliens. Like they have a fleet of ships. They're ready to attack Earth, conquer it. And he's like, I need to take down a man who's sitting in a fake throne on a singing competition show <laughs> was just really ridiculous. <laughs> like fun. Like it made no sense, but you know, it is what it is. Cause it's like, y'all it earthlings are weird, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I just got here, but I guess. <laughs> you went with it. Yeah. Um, so all of that was just really fun. And um, yeah, that was just like the crux of it. Anything that did not spark joy? It's more like a nitpick, but I think, like, if the main focus of the episode is a singing competition, then they could have done, like, a better job on, like, song choices and composition. Um, just because they made, like, original songs for the episode. And I think, like, the only one, the first one, I can't remember what the name of the performer was, but it was something, I think it was, I think Shane said, mentioned it in his, like, recap. It was, like, Juicy or something like that. That was the only like semi decent oh, yeah, song yeah. choice, and she got eliminated. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they could have done like a better job. Like it reminded me of um, this. The concept of the scene competition actually reminded me of an anime called Carol and Tuesday, which is on Netflix. Um, except Carol and Tuesday had bops. Like every single song on that show was amazing, um, and I feel like the song choices for the contestants on The Throne were mostly flops. So I, I feel like you know. They could have done a, a better catchier tunes or something like that. Um, but that's just, you know, you're not going to find any of them on iTunes, I, I suspect. But um, And then, like, Z's assistant was just, like, she showed her ass and, like, her instigating affairs with all of, like, Zari's boyfriends because Zari's pain brings her checks. And it's just like, mm, yeah, no. So you be your own people's man. So I was kind of I was glad when John rebuffed her, like, go away. Um, but that just, you know, thirsty friends and, and trying to ride on the coattails of your famous boss or whatever. It's just like not, not cool. Um, I don't understand why Spooner was stuck on the ship with Mick to begin with. If she's supposed to be like the alien liaison. Wouldn't it make sense for her to be wherever the aliens are? <laughs> um, so I didn't, I didn't understand that. I, do they just, you know, since this alien can talk English, you're just like, we don't need you. But I, I don't feel like that was completely explained why, if you're hunting aliens, you wouldn't take the alien interpreter with you. Because um, then she had to be with Mick. But she has to look at, you know, her and Ava were watching TV for most of it. But still, I didn't understand why she couldn't get off in 2045. Um, Mick killing that little alien at the end, although it was for like, like comedic shock value, it was like funny for like a half a second, just like the shock of it. But he had already, like the little alien had already like surrendered. Nice Carillion was like team Zari at that point. He's like, Zari, you are my leader. So. He was so cute. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's, part of the, that's part of the comedy that he got stepped on. Aww. But it just, it also, it's just like. You you could have, you know, even if it didn't lead you, you could still have some useful information. You didn't have to kill him. Um, it's kind, and it's kind of dumb that the murder was just kind of glossed over like that. Just like moving on. Um, it's like, no wonder those little Knox Carillion dudes have like Napoleon Chihuahua syndrome <laughs> and stay inside like giant robot suits. Because clearly nobody respects them <laughs> when they are out and about. Um, that being said, I'm glad, like I said, makes more direct approach to find 
um, like Gary's fiance Kayla will have the legends pivot in a more productive direction. So I think especially with this episode and having, you know, was I think it's only the second episode, but still it already it's like this is kind of dumb. Like, especially when they first captured Lord Knox Acrillion and Ava's like, Where is Sarah Lance? And he's like, Who? Like, why the fuck would she know? <laughs> <laughs> why would some random alien know some person named Sarah Lance? Like, it's just <laughs> stupid, Ava. So yay that we get to change plot directions. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I I definitely agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm glad that we're changing plot directions. And I guess it would have made more sense if they had been tracking down specifically the aliens that were ejected from the ship, right? To then be like, because that's what I thought they were going to do. Like, oh, we have to find, you know, like trace the, I don't know, energy. I think that's what they're still doing, though. But then yeah. what was that little Noxicrillion? Like, why would he He know? was from the ship. Right. So it's just like whoever was just like captive on the ship instead of like it being like if it was like the first mate. <laughs> the ship or the cook or something someone who would know sarah and not just like a random prisoner because obviously they were prisoners so like yeah. why would they be seeing sarah um but anyway so i am very glad that we're changing directions however uh this guy was super cute and i can't believe that mick stepped on him so upsetting i did not think it was funny for even one second so mad <laughs> i was like mick why he was so cute um, so yeah, that was displeasing to me. Also, just Mick's attitude in general was just so, like, I'm glad, like, like they gave a reason for it. Like, oh, I'm so insecure and anxious because I'm the last person and I feel like we're not gonna get Sarah back and I'm all alone in this universe, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I was, I don't feel like it was worth the time spent with Mick being a butt, especially to Spooner. And also, I don't remember if he just didn't, did he not mention uh, Captain Gold, or did he say Captain Gold? Because I feel like he did not say Captain Gold's name, and I was like, that should be like your he biggest because he's dead. The others yeah. are not. Well, the sign is dead, but like, <laughs> I'm dead. Captain Gold is dead, so those are like the two that you should mention most. Not like, oh, went to fly around the world with her boyfriend or whatever the hell <laughs> Kendra and Carter are doing. Um, but yeah. So anyway, so I was I did not feel pity for Mick. He was very annoying for most of the episode. Uh, however, I'm glad he had a point to exist in the episode at all. Uh, also, I agree with you that I don't like the assistant, but I was more like, does Zari know that this is what happens? Because like, I don't feel like Zari's dumb to not notice, and I don't feel like Zari's calculating enough to know and be like, yes, I like this plan. So I didn't. I feel like she doesn't care. Didn't care enough about just more whatever. Right. Yeah, because they were just dating for the publicity itself, right? right? So then right. why would she, like, or is it just, like, Zari's pain, quote-unquote, like, the generates public thinking she's in pain, so that generates stories, I mm-hmm. guess. So then in that case, I was like, okay, whatever. So yeah, I don't know, I, I just didn't, I, I felt like there was, like, I didn't know what direction they were really going with that, because I'm like, is it really a betrayal? Does she think of you as a friend? Did she like Dr. S'more Money? It would be a betrayal if she tried to get, you know, if John had cheated on Zari with Miss Chick. But mm-hmm. the, before I was like, I don't, what are you doing? It's how is she in pain? How did this generate any money? So anyway, it was like, okay, whatever. Um, and also I do agree with you, the songs were not great. And the songs could have been better. The Juicy song was the best song. And it was downhill from there. Except for <laughs> the duet, which I guess already exists in the universe. It's not an original song, right? No, it's not an original song. So that one was the best one. 
Because it's not an original song. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. And I feel like they've previously done a better job. You know, like like the Bollywood musical episode or whatever was more fun than in terms of the music itself. This episode was super fun. But the songs were like, or the set pieces or whatever. Were just like, like in the first one, he just did like, you know, trying to murder the king and failing. And then they're like, oh my god, your voice. I was like, not used? Your voice was, <laughs> it was like a, It was like a heavy metal. <laughs> and that was like the best. <laughs> I was so impressed but yeah so so yeah I mean otherwise like it's just nitpicking because like you said it was a great episode so it was fun I don't have complaints that are made yeah here. yeah it was a good episode I think like my major complaint is not the standalone episode itself but sort of like the general pacing of it all because like we've seen patterns <clears throat> excuse me we've seen patterns throughout the airverse in several shows at this point like between flash and supergirl and now legends where they're separating someone from the group and it's like no one's been able to really get it yet yeah. <laughs> um because it feels like especially in this episode with regards to sarah's storyline there wasn't really too much going on and a lot of time spent uncovering the mystery of where Sarah is and what people want with her is also sort of taking away from the legends themselves um, because they're like on really different planets and I don't know it just feels like there's something like I'm enjoying the season but it doesn't feel like it's hitting the way that it usually does because yeah. of the, the separation and because Ava's just like find Sarah this is gonna be our whole mission for like I don't know how many episodes I'm like oh, okay I mean of course you need to find her but also I don't want it to end up like Supergirl where it's like find Kara and that takes like nine episodes and I'm like we didn't go anywhere guys mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm hoping that's not going to be the case but I'm also worried that it is because it's starting to drag already at least the Sarah portion of it Um, so hopefully this you know, Mick switch up idea will help uh, the pace, general pacing of the show. But speaking of Mick, I also agree. Like, like, why are you still here, sir? <laughs> so, yeah. Who had feedback for us? What a wonderful question. Who did have feedback for us? Shane and Suarez. Oh, our trusty, our trusty um, send feedback senders with gumption i don't know <laughs> responders i was, just I was gonna say bestie but bestie didn't rhyme with trusty <laughs> <laughs> it was close though it was close all right so suara love this week's legend so much zari taking literal center stage to say the day was amazing Tala using all her talents as a performer was fantastic i loved how much this episode focused on zari and her family and relationship with constantine centering on what she wants and how she finds more of herself. Moving on from the social media persona. I'm hopeful that this whole season will be very focused on the Drazi family. Legends is giving me the representation I always dreamed about as a kid, especially as I watched Zari speak in Farsi with her mom. And I can't wait for more. Aww. Also love the Constancy content. They just work so well. I love that they went official, and that the relationship feeds into their own character arcs and feels so earned. John is a superior white man on the ship. Overall, it was such a fun episode, and that made great use of its premise and stands up there for me as one of the best Zari episodes overall. I totally agree with that, and I definitely agree that John is a superior white man. I was like, is there even a better white man than John on the ship? There is not. There is not. 
Uh, you said that's, Shang? That's true and fair. And you should <laughs> Shang, yeah. Why don't I see Shang? Where did he go? He's what? under Alex San Filipino that's trying to, sh- to sell us something, so. <laughs> it's Tuesday. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going. I need it. Oh, okay. May 7th. Oh. Well, because it's so Supergirl, that's why I'm confused. Is that why? It oh, Legends. Maybe it's Supergirl. That. I just read the word Supergirl, and I was like, this is the Supergirl <laughs> thing. I don't know what you're doing here. All right. <laughs> Legends. Maybe the Supergirl writers shoehorn Kara and William a whole ass episode to get together to the pot stickers eating competition. I could see why I would ship them. Like now, like how I'm now tolerant of Hellstar. You're now tolerant of Hellstar. All right. Not going to lie. I didn't know it was called Hellstar. Y'all I, yeah. Like shipping how... Hellstar just felt like another one of those. Oh, right. Hellstar is like that. I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, just because they have the sense of chemistry, I guess. But song performance sold me, and I can get on board. Well, I'm glad you're finally on board with us. Mm-hmm. Yes, as uh, as uh, people who will ship whatever we can get. Oftentimes, hey, I was well, fine we... with it being crack, and then you know the exactly. legend said Let they, me gave smoke with you. they gave it to us. They gave it to us. What can we do? They gave it to us. All right. I actually manifested really manifested it. <laughs> I actually really like this episode. Maybe because I'm sorry biased, but it really played to her strength as an influencer. Yes, it did. And I love that for her. Uh, I think the lacking part was Mick's yes. Uh, it was kind of fucking rude how he acted. Mick is Nick, sure, but it's been six seasons. I feel like his character should have developed past being an asshole. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong at all. Um, I'm glad Ava called him out. Perhaps the writers could have had scenes of him actually going about trying to find the alien that ran the ship that kidnapped Sarah <laughs> instead of just brooding about being a fucking ass to Spooner and Ava. It would still end in the final scene of him telling the legend's name to find Kayla. That's true. Uh, who is the voice of the singing for Lord Vox? <laughs> because I want that version on Spotify. And also that juicy song. I want the full unclean version. At <laughs> least the Noxicrillian cut. <laughs> the Noxicrillian cut of WAP legend version. <laughs> I'm actually intrigued by the villain. Did we really need another POC as a villain? Anyways, his name is Bishop, right? Would be cool if the rumors are true and he is the villain Despero. Interesting. I don't know who that is, but I'm interested. Yeah, I'm 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 intrigued as well, despite not knowing what we are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for your feedback. Um you guys always have excellent thoughts. They do. We, no, do yeah. we have any thoughts on predictions? No, no we don't. <laughs> <laughs> how can we predict legends? How can we predict That's true legends? And fair. Oh. <laughs> I have a prediction that this bishop man is going to be the villain Despero. I don't know where I got that prediction from, but seems right. <laughs> All right, moving into Batwoman. Batwoman is faced with a new challenge when Gotham snakebite addicts become ravenous for more than the next fix and start eating people like zombies. Um, this was Batwoman's BLM episode, and it saw Ryan attempting to stand up to the cops who showed up at the bar due to quote-unquote noise complaints only for her and luke to be arrested and thrown in jail sophie tries to arrest her assert her position as a crow to get them to back off and also winds up in jail because the system is broken and cops are trash she's not a cop she's and she's like also security. not a cop <laughs> they get out thanks to imani but have a conversation that sounded more like a police apologist letter meanwhile mary is dealing with all the snakebite victims as she works alongside her drug addicted dad to help find a cure because he suddenly sees how great his daughter is for a moment. Um, Alice and suddenly kidnapped- has like medical mm-hmm. capabilities. I know. Well, I think he did mention he was like an army medic. 
or something. Like in this episode. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, because they, they had to throw that in there. They need to get him to do something, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Alice kidnaps Enigma to force her to reverse Kate's brainwashing. And just when Enigma says it's possible to successfully bring Kate's memories back, Ocean snaps her neck and says he's trying to get her to move on. Oh, toxic relationship vibes. And also they killed a, a great villain. What brought joy? Well, I have to say... In general, Batwoman and Legends are like my favorite DCD shows right now. I think they're doing uh, the best job. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even if overall, I think that May is right about Legends kind of meandering in terms of, you know, getting to Sarah. And yet every, like, not every, almost every individual episode has been a joy. Meanwhile, Batwoman is doing a good job with the bigger picture as well as having strong episodes that individually speaking. So, starting off, I'm glad we got to see some Imani. <laughs> now that we heard that they were dating, I'm glad it wasn't just like a one-off, like, okay, and now we're not dating anymore. We get to see her, and we get to get to see Ryan making an effort, you know, to have a happy relationship, a healthy relationship, <laughs> and moving forward, but at the same time, not able to give it her all. I still don't understand if they broke up at the end. I guess they broke up at the end. I, don't, Ricky Imani's I think they, they, like, said, like, it was... Mm-hmm implied that it was going to be a break but i don't know because right. it didn't seem like a very clean break right it wasn't like like the actual scene it seemed like you'd be like hey sorry i'm not gonna be telling you the truth in the right. future cool but then she so came back like oh yeah, you're okay with that you? i <laughs> yeah. felt like it so. was they're gonna continue but she mentioned her needing or it'll take some time for, right. for her to yeah. like open yeah. up to her but either way it felt like it was a believable first run for mm-hmm. for Ryan. So I thought I thought that it was nicely handled. Obviously, she's not just be like, "Well, Imani, guess what? This is the truth about me." Because I, <laughs> I must go away for reasons. Yeah. So, but but it was it was like nicely, you know. They 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 tried both. Also, I think that this is like one of the better <laughs> attempts at a BLM episode. Certainly better than the Flash. Um, obviously, more grounded in reality. They tried to have some conversations, and even if it was like, I swear to God, I hope the Legends doesn't try to do a BLM episode because okay. I don't even I don't know. Even know where. They only have the black end. people do a BLM. They had to bring yeah. like Astra to do it, and it just be like makes no sense. So no, no, let's hope just, they, don't. No. they don't. Let's not send an alien to like a to the racist past. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> He's been there already. Didn't and like then the alien will be like, I thought we were bad. Y'all are right. way worse. <laughs> 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 But anyway, um, I thought that it was like, you know, they tried, they, they they had some attempt at nuance, which other people like The Flash did not have at all. Um, and they then followed it up with, not that I liked it, I don't have joy out of this. I was very upset when Luke was shot. But like, it was like the escalation, like the way that they did it was like very believable. And we've seen so much of Kavaroff, but like, of course he would do that. Um, and then they, that they had it too, like, it's not just like, well, he's a racist and that's why he does it. It is about the abuse of power in general as well, because we saw how he handled the um, zombie, the zombie, you know, people because they're homeless or whatever, you know, the people that are doing it. He's like, oh, well, we can't. There's no saving them. And or I don't give a shit about saving them. So he just kills them. Um, And so for Ryan to have to watch that was horrible. But also it's like you really understand what you're up against here, you know, because this is actually even though it's technically not the government, it's privatized. But <laughs> it's obviously covered, like, we're just, like, putting them in one, right? I don't know, for whatever. Basically, the crows are the cops because we don't see the cops outside of that. So this is what we have as our authority or power structure. And we're seeing how easily justice can be miscarried and how it happens, you know, 
Um, even if you do all the right things like Luke, or if you do, you know, you try to stand up for yourself like Ryan at first, they had an argument like, oh, well, or if you try to like, like go through like the proper authority channels, right, like, like Sophie. Sophie, exactly. So like we saw each of them have to face it like first Ryan. Um, and you have the potential argument of like, oh, well, if you had just handled it correctly. Um, and that's what like Luke sort of tries to say to her. But then they, you know, so they have like the little fight and then they're all like, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm also sorry. I'm third. Sorry. And then Sophie goes like, okay, I'm going to take care of things now. Officially she goes. And then the first thing that happens is that Tavaroff talks back to her. And they all act like they don't have to follow her orders. And then they don't follow her orders, even after she pulls the acting commander card. They're like, okay, sure, we'll listen to you. Just kidding, we're not listening to you anymore. Um, so we see that didn't work. And then finally, Luke doing exactly everything that a good citizen or, you know, should do, still gets shot. Um, but he'll be fine, guys, because spoilers, he's wearing no, the... No, 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 no. Fine. <laughs> we we won't do that. Die. We will not spoil as has been unspoiled to us. He could, he could die, guys. But he's definitely not going to die. <laughs> just, we'll just put that as a prediction right now. Because, it, like, honestly, there's no one, there's no backup character that has his skill set. So they're not going to kill him off. Like, right. will, last if, episode, if, the girls were like, had... we just call Luke for everything. So they can't right. now take away Luke. If Sophie had been like, hey, guys, I'm joining the team. And also, I have mad hacking skills. Right. Then be concerned <laughs> about Luke's life. And also, Jacob is still, like, taking up oxygen in space. So Yes. Yes, true. But but they can't kill Luke just after he decided to have like a love life again. Like this is that was just our list of like you know (laughs) evidence why Luke is not dead. (laughs) No, Luke is fine, obviously. Um speaking of Sophie joined the team though, I do love that this was the final straw that she had to quit, right? Because we've been waiting for the story and her being like, No, I'm gonna take it down from the inside, or no, I wanna show young girls that there's someone like them that's looking out for them but she sees that that's not possible right now right she can't look out for anyone in this position because she's gonna get overrided she's gonna get ignored she's gonna get talked down to and just disobeyed (laughs) so i was really glad that first off that ryan didn't hold it against her at the end where she was like oh hey you know drink with us it's okay and then that sophie was like okay i'm i'm done with that (laughs) we're gonna try a new approach now uh, was I think the correct conclusion for her, um, but yeah, overall I thought it was a really strong episode, and I, I felt I felt like they were you know they were trying. So good job, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I I agree with of the BLM DC uh, superhero universe episodes that Batwoman was the strongest. Um, even like with uh, well, let me go back to the beginning and speak about some other joys before I get into all of that. But just like in the beginning of the episode with like Ryan flirting with the money, like, like some happiness that we get in the beginning of the episode um, with the whole like um, fundraiser. And she's like flirting with the money. Like, look at you making it rain with other people's money. It's just like really cute. And they were really cute together. Um, so I like, I agree that the end, it seemed like it was an end. Like she's like, I don't want to give you a watered down version of me. And which I thought was a really cool way to put it. Um, and Imani was like, I understand, but it didn't seem like finished. So I don't know. There could still be some interaction there because they're still like working together, like professionally with the, um, the community center that they're trying to to put together. So I, I still feel like there's open there. It wasn't like, and I like the the conversation that she had with Luke as well about like her love. Like, how did 
Kate do this? He's like, he, she was brooding. <laughs> That's what she did. And Ryan be like, I can't brood. I don't know. I don't know how to brood. So like that, that whole, was cute. Um, like her finding out, you know, this new, which it's kind of weird because she lied to Angelique too. So I don't know why this one is completely different, but it's still, it's still, yeah, you still have like the same um, issues, but I, I feel like Ryan handled it in a better way than usually get with like broody people that are superheroes. I'm like, I can't, I must stay away from you. I have your to protect good. you. Yes. <laughs> you know, so um, I like that. I am so glad that Sophie is quitting the crows. I've been waiting for this since season one. Um, and I I think like, you know, because we were saying how we were waiting for her to do something. And like, why is she still having to defend people that don't defend her, that aren't loyal to her? Why does she have this loyalty to them? So I'm glad this was the final straw. Um, I'm glad that she decided to quit because I I feel like, um, and who knows if this will also wake Jacob up. I don't know if it's like a, a mini prediction or whatever, but just like Sophie was the glue that kept the crows together while Jacob was neglecting his own company. So mm-hmm. now that like, Sophie is no longer there, there's no one to check anybody without Jacob having to be on top of things. So I feel like when he gets back into it and he sees, maybe he'll see more of the corruption then. And then he can't yell at Sophie because I, like, I want Sophie to be like, you know, you handle it. You weren't around. You neglected the crow situation. You figure it out. So um, I'm excited for that for her because I think her quitting the crows is what's going to turn around Jacob actually doing something. Yeah, she was <laughs> pretty much running the place. Yeah. So um, that that is amazing. Love that for her. Um, Alice <laughs> in her, her little plot. Her coming up with a plan to undo Enigma's mind washing of Kate. I thought it was like um it was kind of like she was on the other side of it when Roman kind of interrupted her reunion with Kate and like Kate was like, Daddy, she's bothering me. <laughs> and Alice had to like play dumb about it. Um so it's like Alice is now having to chase Kate and save her sister. Um, so you know, that that was um, even her storyline is just, it's more interesting now that Kate is back in the picture, um, which when she has to leave again, I don't know what they're going to do with Alice because Alice doesn't seem to be interesting unless Kate is around. But um, it was, it was interesting for this. She didn't drag this part of the plot in this episode because um, the rest of the episode was, was mainly pretty good. Um, for obvious reasons, it was triggering and traumatic, but, and I don't like that Luke got shot as well. But in terms of the mandated CW BLM storylines, um, I think this one was effective, particularly in the sense that it was believable whether or not there was a like whether or not like Black Matter Black Lives Matter movement happened in 2020. I still feel like this is a storyline that could have organically happened on Batwoman just because right. the crows are that corrupt. Um, <laughs> and I liked it better. I'll talk about the cell combo in later because I did not enjoy that as much but I feel like this part specifically worked because it's already a narrative that the crows are shit it's already a narrative that Tavarov is shit um the fact that you know like you said Tati they instead of giving people 
sick people injections that would cure them. They just decided it would be easier to shoot them all because they were also all homeless people. Um, they're shit. So it's believable that, you know, this would happen to Luke as well. Even even as triggering as it is, it's believable that in this um, fictional narrative that that's something that the crows would do. Um, earlier in the episode, I definitely felt like I was a Luke <laughs> when confronted with like police or authority like oh <laughs> you need to do the right things like whether I agree or not agree um I would just take like Luke's approach of like de-escalation as opposed to like Ryan's more confrontational stand your ground I'm supposed to be here kind of approach um so I, I was like on Luke's side however at the end of the episode like you said Tati Luke did all the right things like even doing all the right things you know, he takes the evidence, he tries to de-escalate, the guy's like, you don't want to do this, he tries to talk the dude out of committing a crime, and it still doesn't matter, like, he still gets shot, so, um, it's kind of like, just because you do the right things, doesn't mean that you still can't be a victim, um, of police brutality, or of, you know, corrupt security officers, (laughs) or whatever, like, the case may be, so that's, it's kind of like a good, you know, thing to show you know there's no right way to go about trying to to get justice because even if you like you know do everything by the book this still happens to a lot of people so um i thought it was very powerful and effective way of showing that in the episode so yeah overall i thought it was it was definitely like very very strong um components and it hit what it needed to hit Yes, I completely agree with that. I think about all of it, especially like the fact that uh, this is best suited for Batwoman because they've already been they've already been sort of touching upon all these things throughout the season. And what I especially like not to reiterate all your great points, um, but the contrast specifically that they made this like, oh, my God, these people who are drug addicted, you know, are taking snake bite and they're hurting people. Um, but like we saw with the main guy who was not homeless, he was just a privileged white man, how the cops actually wanted to help him Uh despite the fact that he was, you know, he himself knew he was not in control of himself and they're like, Oh, we want to help you want to take to the hospital. And he was fighting back against him. Yes. He was telling them off and they're like, we want to send you to the hospital. We want to make sure you're okay. Versus how they treated, you know, Ryan and Luke at at the bar and they weren't even doing anything really. Um, so that contrast which was not it wasn't like a moment where like see what we're doing here but then you're like oh i see what you're doing here (laughs) so that was nice for a show like this a show in the Arrowverse to actually be a little bit more subtle um because we know like the flash is never subtle (laughs) about anything um and i like that they did make an effort to compare and contrast situations and show that in this situation, a dangerous white man who could actually harm people, they didn't they didn't decide like, oh, this is the best idea. The best way to go about this is to just shoot him. And that will just be the end of that. Right. And how they treated, you know, harmless black people who weren't doing we, anything. We keep bringing up like, Let's the send flash them to jail. That, like black lightning is also yeah. they're taking like the rip from the headlines traumatic approach. So they also are yeah. not, you know the best example so i feel like out of the three of them the batwoman is hit like the the right amount right yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. Even like, even with regards to, I mean, the Sophie conversation, which I'll get to later, but like, just, I guess the idea of people being idealistic about the system and how people think that it can be changed maybe like if we do have the quote-unquote right people inside maybe something can change and and be different and then like seeing the actual reality of what that actually looks like um it's just it was very effective um so yeah i think they did they did a generally good job tackling a very hard subject to tackle with 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 nuance especially especially like on the CW, it was like, let's do this. And like, okay, well, we will do it our way. <laughs> so I appreciated that because they have been, you know, especially with the crows. Um, and as we saw today, there was like a an actual private security system acting as called uh, cops like yes, in LA. In LA. Yeah. So that's really scary. It's like crows in real life. Um, and just, just showing how people think. And the like, crows didn't start being shit in season two because of Black Lives yeah, Matter. They were, they were always, shit in season yeah, one. They, yeah, they were, they were shit all the, the whole time. <laughs> That's yeah, so true. that's very true. And, you know, like with with Sophie's thing, even saying like how people like to have Rob are just like, I'm not listening to you. A, she's a black woman in a powerful position mm-hmm. and they're still not doing what, you know, quote unquote, it is that they're supposed to be doing because they're taking advantage of their power. And this episode really I mean, it started earlier, but this episode really kind of honed in on that. Um, but what did not spark joy? Well, I forgot to say other things that spark joy that I like, like I Alice? like it did spark joy that um you know Jacob and Mary kind of teamed up against mm-hmm. that dude and like you know he was helping her and got to use some of his army medic abilities and they had that conversation like you know you've been so focused on Ooh, your daughters yes that you might yeah. lose the one that you I still have that. yes well. that's yeah. true and the, and the fact that she, yeah like because she was talking to him like you know you were all lost in, you know, your emotions and you were depressed and I get all of that, but I lost the same people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So I was like, yes, let's that focus on Mary's feelings. Yeah, that was, yeah. so that was, that was a great culmination there. It feels it's like it's like the Canes. They love living in the past, like all of these regrets and yeah. what they could have done and should have done and how you could have forgiven me and didn't, and didn't find, find me, blah, blah, blah. And Mary's like, Hello. Right. It's the present Same day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I liked that a lot. Um, and I did like that we got to see Mary's hospital in action and we see like that guy went because he heard that she had saved other people. And then we get to see all of these victims that went to her hospital that are now safe <laughs> from the front crows. <laughs> um, so that was great. Um, and I did enjoy Alice. First off, Alice getting out and um and being smart enough to not you know to know when she's not wanted like okay (laughs) i will die if i if i pursue this course of action so instead she went to enigma um and she was working on getting all the information necessary to bring kate back good job alice i even liked ocean showing up like hey what's up bestie (laughs) i've been waiting for you like he didn't even care he didn't even have any questions about like oh did you come here to get me like have you looking for you care no he's just like alice 24 7 (laughs) alice appreciation hours um flip is impressive it's like the beginning he's like i don't want you here who the hell is this (laughs) and i was like alice all the time (laughs) exactly (laughs) She just did a number on him. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, that part was fun. And then her, you know, her facing off against the animal was great, too. Uh, I have, like, 
twisted feelings about him killing a big man at the end, but it's probably mostly going to be in the dislikes. But on the one hand, I'm like, you know, he's not wrong. I just, he just shouldn't say it. <laughs> and, I mean, we are in the dislike section, so if you want to add that now. <laughs> now I can go to the dislike. Yes. But it's like, he's not, like, it's like, he's right, but he shouldn't say it. Because, obviously, what's keeping Alice, or what's even making Alice tethered to the real world at all now, is that, you know, she's discovered she has feelings, right? So she has feelings and she's loyal to and she cares about people like Ocean and then, of course, her sister. But to remind Alice that her sister and her father will turn her in at a moment's notice. No one loves you. <laughs> and that the only person who's going to love the apparently insane side of her, which apparently Ocean now decides he loves, I thought he was going to be like, no, let's not be like that. But now he's like, let's be like that. I have realized you should be like that, Alice. <laughs> that is your best self. <laughs> exactly. So now that's going to make it much easier for her to go full Alice, like from season one, and be once again have vendetta against Kate or against Jacob or against whoever, because now she's got her new mouse, which is Ocean. So I don't know that I how like Ocean is like pick me, choose me, yeah, pick me Twitter over here. That was like a little bit like like before it was like oh it's cool that he's still like really loyal to Alice and he knows like in there somewhere is the real Beth and like it's gonna be great. But now he's like, no, I love Alice. <laughs> I think she's crazy and I love it. So I'm like, how did this happen? That's kind of weird. Um, so I don't like that. I will once again pulling us away from the potential of an actual Kane sister team up. But I guess it's also how they're going to keep her on the show post post Kate leaving. So uh, we'll see. Um, also feel like the build up. I mean, it's, it's got like each episode for it is good. But the buildup to, like, having Kate back is so, like, I'm like, it's going to be like the finale. And they'll be like, oh, hi, I'm Kate. And I recognize that Kate. <laughs> see you next season. We'll see where this goes. Because it feels so slow. Um, and then, aside from that, I do feel like, like, I'm glad we find this is the end of Sophie trying to justify her position in the gross. Because it was, like, we were, like, on thin ice with it. <laughs> um, and for a little bit, I thought that they were really going to go, like, see how Sophie can solve it by being on the inside. And I was like, I don't like that. But then that didn't happen. So I guess we're fine. I'm not that upset about it because they, they did fix it. Uh, but, yeah, but for a little bit, I was like, okay, I feel like they're going too far with, like, making Ryan seem like, 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 why didn't you listen to Luke, Ryan? Or why don't you believe Sophie, Ryan? You know, because Sophie and Luke are very reasonable and people and I do also agree <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with them but the way that they always sort of place Ryan like in opposition to them is like okay we get it <laughs> but thankfully everyone or not thankfully I don't know it's not a good thing but <laughs> by the end of it we see that all of these methods you know like we understand why they feel that way and we also understand that they're not going to work because we have to overhaul everything right so so it was good in the end there's just a little growing pains to get there so yeah, there you go. That's all. Yeah, like um, their whole conversation in the jail cell, it felt like when I was watching it, it felt like not all cops to me <laughs> between like Ryan, Luke and Sophie, um, especially like when, you know, Sophie was coming in with like her perspective or whatever. It just felt like really awkward, you know, in like the whole CW BLM mandate thing that felt very CW said we need to do this as opposed to like the Luke part of it felt very within the universe. Um, 
And like, yes, not all cops, blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> and that's not what we <laughs> really need, like what needs to be highlighted in media, because obviously not all cops, but the people that are in the wrong um, need to be highlighted and shown that they are in the wrong so we can get those people out. Not the obvious statement that there are some people who do it right, because that should be the normal. And what you're highlighting is that that's not working like that because there are people that don't do it that way. So um, the whole kind of, and I think like Sophie was saying that, you know, at least you get to choose to be Batwoman or not. I'm like, Sophie, you didn't, you didn't, we were not born a crow. <laughs> so, and you're not, a, you're not a cop. So it's not even like a public service position where you're indebted to the public. The, like cops are supposed to be to serve the community. The crows serve the people that pay for their protection. So I feel like it's even different in that sense. Um, <laughs> but she, there's still like the whole kind of, you know, I can't turn it on and off. I felt like that was very Blue Lives Matter, um, <laughs> which I didn't like that much. Um, it felt very propaganda to me. I'm like, you actually, you can turn it off. You can quit, which you did. So, <laughs> yay, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the whole thing seemed like cemented by the fact that Ryan winds up saving a cop at the end of the episode when she saves him from Richard. Um, and I'm not sure. I'd, I would have to watch this again to get it. But I don't know if it is the same cop that arrested her in the beginning of the episode I feel like that's something that would happen there, like some kind of like narrative circle of life that the cop that arrested her in the beginning was the cop that she saved his life at the end. But I just feel like <laughs> that's even worse. <laughs> it's like more propaganda like if he's like, oh, my God, Batwoman. Um, not knowing that he arrested Batwoman like hours earlier. And, you know, Brian is the better person or whatever. So I, didn't <laughs> I thought that was stupid. <laughs> Um, the zombie twist was, it was okay, I guess, like, I guess this is like Gotham's version of bath salts or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but zombies just felt weird even for like Batwoman. Um, and, and if Mary had figured out a cure, why wasn't Richard the zombie that was in her chair? The first person to get the antidote. Oh, <laughs> like, I feel like that's like a plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did they let him get out um, if she already knew how to cure it and manufactured a cure in like two minutes? Um, and then, from for obvious reasons, I don't like the crows decided to shoot up a bunch of people uh, in the church. I did think it was a funny moment when Ryan was trying not to like swear in church. He was just like, "You're ass <laughs> booty." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it, obviously it's it's disgusting that they chose to to take that lazy route instead of actually treating people and helping people that could be saved. Um, and then finally, like Ocean killing Dr. Ryan, I was so mad. <laughs> like it just seemed like so out of like left field, and him laying it on thick to Alice that Kate will never love her like he loves her. Like, are you okay, Ocean? Like seriously, like what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> Even if you feel that, like, even if you feel that way, you don't have to say it. Like she's trying to like, heal herself and be better, and you're just like, no one's gonna love you, Alice, but me. It's like gaslighting much, you know? So <laughs> it took just took a like a random weird turn with them. I don't know. Yeah, that romance is all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> 
awards. Um, I'm still mad that they're trying to like make a ship a villain, like love story. I'm like, I don't know <laughs> why this is a thing, but it is. You're not into the Bonnie and Clyde of 2021? No. <laughs> um, but besides that, I agree about like the whole Sophie conversation. I especially dislike the the way that they were trying to make it so it was about representation because I thought that was like a weird angle to go. It's like, yeah, I wish I want girls who look like me to see themselves in these positions and protecting people. I'm like, see themselves in corruption. Right. Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, you two can join a corrupt organization yeah. that disrespects you. But no, yeah, when no one listens to you. <laughs> Yay. Diversity. So it's like the whole, you know, idea about like, oh yeah, let's throw people color in front of the camera. But I'm like, we're not actually going to actively do anything to actually change what we do have. And that is messed up. And, you know, throw people in the front and see if they notice we're doing something different. I'm like, <laughs> I guess. Um, so that's what this conversation felt like. And, and you're right. It was like, not all cops. I'm like, yeah, sure. But the system itself is created. Like, even the crows. What are they doing even in Gotham to make anything better anyway? They're just making everything worse. And even with Sophie's position she got arrested not that she's like you said she's not a public you know she's not a part of a public um, organization. Also he, didn't, he didn't respect her yeah if yeah. Navarroff had gone and like what are you doing then he probably would have had a different conversation than Sophie mm-hmm. did for sure um so yeah that whole conversation didn't <laughs> that was I think the worst part of the episode other than like Luke obviously getting shot which was very um shocking um and upsetting but just the fact that they would have they were making like such good strides and such good points and you're like oh okay we had to throw that in there <laughs> like the point and you missed it <laughs> so yeah I, I do think that some some executive who was like maybe sensitive about what it was that they were writing about was like no but we have to make it clear it's not everyone and I'm like okay it can dude, be edgy but not too edgy yeah I think it was no, Caroline Drives was last week's, right? Right. Um, but yeah, that was a shady side-eye moment for me. I was like, mm, okay, Sophie. But I am glad that that actually led her to act, finally quit the crows and realize that you can't change the system from the inside. <laughs> and then it has to burn to the ground. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I did not... Obviously, like Luke getting shot, I understood it. I did not like to see it because for obvious reasons it was very sad it was very (sighs) devastating Um, so yeah what did our dear listeners think of the episode well our first dear listener Anita uh, said I didn't see any trailers or anything leading up to Injustice for All and the episode left me speechless Gotham is whack they're making reptilian zombies now if I could set my humanity aside for a second, how much business sense does it make to upsell an addicted customer base to make them eat the potential customer base? <laughs> to be fair, it wasn't on purpose. It was because <laughs> they didn't have the recipe from Ocean and... Um, and Excuses. And <laughs> so they, they were trying the their best, and they messed it up. <laughs> Those racist, hateful, all kinds of phobic idiots. Seeing Ryan and Luke being harassed and arrested and no was annoying and disturbing on a deeper level. 
I had to take a second to shake that one off. But then the crows slaughtered a trap house full of addicts when they could have helped inject the serum instead. I need to breathe some fresh air after that. Thanks, T.W. I really don't need to be shaken up by watching Iris West impaled a dozen times or Lyda Zod's throat being cut on a live interplanetary feed. The hell? That's traumatic flashbacks. I don't remember her throat being cut, but that that sounds traumatic. Yeah, that does indeed sound traumatic. But the conversation between Luke, Sophie, and Ryan in the holding cell about privilege, card-waving, and different approaches to solving identity-related problems is really smart. Ryan trying not to swear in a church that's full-on trap house was a light moment in a disturbing episode. Sophie quitting the crows was not entirely unexpected. They were too unenlightened to appreciate her. And when Jacob clears his head, do you really think he'll be in any shape to take on Tabaroff? Mm, idiot should have well, empowered better. Sophie when he had the chance. <laughs> She's gonna beg Sophie to come back. Please do this for me, Sophie. I can't and she'll say, fuck that. Exactly. <laughs> she'll look down and say, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you guys see the parallel between her? Yes, I was literally just thinking that yep. while y'all were talking. I was like, oh my god, they both left. They were married. Her and Joe. Yep. Okay, between her and how Joe West quit CCBD. Arrowverse parallels. <laughs> yep. I hey, we both- also have Lopez and uh, what's her face? Yep. Kramer. Kramer. And, you know, Kramer, yep. Both agencies are going to be dysfunctional without them. Pro-militia types try to scare us into thinking defund the police means zombies will literally roam the streets, snatch our pearls, and rape the innocent white people. But Sophie in particular is quality human capital. She is the real resource, and starving police forces of people like her will be the real undoing of society. Smart writing. I thought Ryan and Imani were headed to a useless breakup. CW girlfriends have a track record of doing some version of the getting weepy, complaining about being shut out, and then storming away all, you broke us. But Ryan didn't even get a full face of Lonnie's drink, so I'm thinking they're doing something different. Kind of boring, though. Couple fights are sometimes entertaining. <laughs> not you, Jefferson and Lynn. <laughs> yeah, sit down, Jefferson and Lynn. We're not talking about you. And that ending, nothing good ever came from a black guy walking under a overpass alone or trying to counsel an active car thief. I'm so mad at that dude, by the way. That should have been my dislike. Is that freaking Carthy? Who yeah. then I know solidarity you know, like, Black power Stupid and like, minority bitch. solidarity in the jail cell, but then was Ugh. quick to turn uh. caring. God, what a... What, uh. You're not okay. seeing the pearly gates, sir. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Straight to hell. Do not bad so. <laughs> I'm a little mad at Luke's, at Luke's, at Luke's naivete, because who says I won't let you do this? We don't know him or owe him, Luke. Just walk away. Also, I hate the crows. What was the point? Was that the point of the episode to get me to hate them? Because I do. <laughs> and by so, the way, Elb- Ebony Gilbert and Maya Houston wrote this episode. Nice. So two black women. Oh, okay. Amazing. Well, that's good. That's good. I will um, say that it was smart that Luke actually took a picture. Yes. yes. Oh, that will be you. So they'll yeah. go through his phone and be like, oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> Wait a second. Person. Wait a second. Unless Tafferal, like tries to like delete it and then I'll be like, you know, because that just seems like he something would he would do. That. Would, would do that. that hopefully someone else gets a hold of the phone and or like luke's phone has like automatic backups the yeah there you go <laughs> if, <laughs> if you try to leave picture. my photo it immediately releases <laughs> to like 16 different websites <laughs> all right and then venus uh next this week's episode missed the mark for me oh not sure what they were going for but i'm gonna go ahead and give them an f for i think the fuck not i know these are conversations we need to be having regarding police neutrality but i wonder who is this for Personally, I don't believe black people need to see ourselves shut off on screen when that's a very real reality for us. And these videos float on the timeline and everybody else online on the daily, everywhere else online on the daily. It just felt like they were capitalizing on the moment and that came off extremely exploitative. Where is the line between raising awareness and trauma porn? Because at this point, anyone who isn't aware of police brutality is willfully ignorant and that's their choice. 
You're not going to convince someone like that by putting a fictional character through pain, which actually affects those who share lived experiences with that character. I also always wonder about actors who have to go through this and how they feel. It would mess with me for sure. I know next week they continue this plot, and I really hope they don't bring up real people to emphasize their point. Can't imagine losing someone in a brutal way only to have their name evoked on a TV show for a moment. Yeah, I, it's, I was going to say, that's... They would do that. That's Black Lightning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Did someone say Black Lightning? But yes, I do agree that would be that would be callous. I also really hated the scene at the bar with the cops. As a black woman, it just seemed unrealistic in terms of how Ryan interacted with them. She was in a room full of vulnerable people, and she's not stupid. Her background in street smarts give credence to this. Plus, the show has made a point of mentioning over and over again how bad the cops are. Yet she went head-to-head with them, not knowing they could easily take it out on her and others there. Maybe it's my own trash interactions with cops that are affecting my view, but I've always been told to close my mouth and comply. And obviously, this isn't victim-blaming, and I wanted to slap a cop, but I also wanted to live. Or at the very least, protect those around me, because I know everyone can get caught up once cops get started. The conversation between Sophie and Ryan was also baffling. Sophie talked about not having a choice or being able to take off the suit. Girl, what? Yes, you can. <laughs> she wasn't born a crow, and she can easily quit. I know she did at the end, but that moment was off. We agree with that. I, it also felt like a bit of a cop-out to place the blame so heavily on the crows and even have them shoot Luke on the, on the end instead of actual police. If you're going to make a statement, stand in it. They said ACAB, or ACAB, however you say it, and not all private security. <laughs> so what gifts? <laughs> we just well she like technically <laughs> the yeah. sea could also be crows yeah, so, yeah i think like ryan was like all crows are bastards that's so, true it all still works yeah. and there is no like gcpd in the show unless they are there for specific kicks or whatever like the crows are essentially the extension of the police on the show so yeah but i mean like, i definitely understand what you're saying like yeah we just have to pretend like the crows are the cops because that's what we have. Because the, the crows pretend they're the cops. So. Exactly. <laughs> the way they've tackled social issues is always an iffy to me. It always comes off like a PSA and now for our blacks type of thing. I know there was at least one black woman on the writing team for this episode and that makes it better, but only just. It felt like they were feeding us a watered down version of the struggle and I hated it. This week wasn't for me, but I hope they do better as they go on and introduce some nuance as they explore social issues. Um, and then Sonia. Uh, first, she had to say uh, that apparently Julie Plack, who is showrunner for the Vampire Diaries and Originals, um, is going to be the showrunner behind the new TV series on Peacock based on the Vampire Academy book series. I am a little afraid of what she's going to do to this one. Not that I ever read it. I don't but know, like, why is she like the the only the person that knows like about vampires and exactly. that <laughs> produce a show about it? No, but apparently it's so basic. One person does one thing well, and they're like, well. Let's Here are ten other everything. Things. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, in the books, the main character is half Turkish, but she was played by a fully white woman in the failed movie. That's right. There was a movie I remember watching. I was like, yeah. I feel like never. That's why that sounds so familiar. Before. Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. I see now. <laughs> um, I wanted to be accurately cast in the TV series with an actress who is at least, at the very least, half Middle Eastern. Um, I've been getting into arguments with people about whether or not Turkish people are considered POC if they are, or if they're considered white. Uh, since May is Mina. May. Uh, would you be able to answer those questions? Do tell us. Are <laughs> Turkish people white? Or are they? <laughs> That's a great question because Turkish people like to often consider themselves European too. Mm-hmm. So I have I can't speak to that. I have never known them to be POC myself but I also can't say for sure. So I think this is one of the and I am not 
I have no reason to speak, but I'm speaking anyway. Um, <laughs> I think one of the situations is like there's like cultural context for things. Yes, yeah. Like, yes. Because so like, someone, if, if they're white, but if they're like, you know, yeah, Irish, because and Turkey, white, a lot of different. Yeah. Than there's Turkey. also a lot of refugees in Turkey too. There's yeah. Kurds there. There's Syrians there. So there's a lot of um, kind of rollover because of you know refugee situations too. Um, but that is a great question. Yeah. I would say. I read up on it. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. It's it's like like because Turkey is still like technically Middle East, right? Is it or that's the thing? Like a lot of times, people I, because of the, the whole geopolitical aspects of the region in general, um, a lot of <laughs> Turkish people I know have been like, well. We don't really want to be lumped in with you guys, so we're just Europeans. You <laughs> <laughs> want the privilege? Okay, yeah. well, listen. You know, like in terms of it, like being like, what are they literally ge- genealogically, whatever, biologically? I don't know. How they would answer on a census? I will, exactly. I will, say, I will say from the, at least like my basic knowledge of watching, having grown up watching a lot of like their soap operas, thanks to my uh, grandmother. <laughs> Though all those actors were white. Um, so yeah. Um Batwoman. Yes, that's right. Because originally we were gonna talk about Batwoman. <laughs> Sonia says, I thought this episode was very well done, although it did feel a little disjointed at times. There seems to be so many storylines going on. They had that BLM storyline with Ryan, Luke, Sophie, and Amani, the the Bad Batch of Snake Bite storyline, the Alice, Black Mask, and Cersei storyline, the Mary and Jacob storyline. However, even though they barely connected, they were all pretty strong. This is literally the first time I liked Jacob in the entire series. Really? <laughs> I liked him helping Mary at the clinic. I liked him protecting her from the crazy snake bite guy. I also thought the scene between Mary and Jacob when she confronts him for why he uses snake bite was amazing. And kudos to Nicole and Dougray for a fantastic acting between that scene. That is the first time I have said his name since like the casting. So thank you for making me say that. I hope I said it right. Um, when the BL- I thought it was Dougray, but I don't know. I'm making it up. Right? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sir. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's right. <laughs> I think you're a very nice man in real life. It's either like his name is either Turkish White or Turkish Mina. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those. Depending on how you look at it culturally. <laughs> Just kidding. I always forget he was an ever after. And I'm like, oh, Doug Gray, Do Gray. I'm so sorry that you ended up on this show. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, it's it's, it's all right. It's all right. He doesn't. It's not his fault that uh, that Jacob is Jacob. Okay. While the BLM storyline was very well done, I'm sick and tired of seeing storylines like this on TV shows. I want TV shows to form of escapism, um, and I don't want to watch black and brown people getting killed on the news. Nor do I want to turn on my favorite TV show and then see it happening there also. Um, and don't even get started on the last scene. Like, why? Yes, I know. Don't worry. We're manifesting Luke's wellness. It was nice, though, to see differences between Ryan, who basically grew up in the foster care system, who lived in poverty and went to jail and whatnot, and Luke, who was rich and went to fancy schools, um, and how they dealt with the officers. It reminded me of a scene in All-American, another CW show, where Spencer, who grew up in Crenshaw, and Jordan, who grew up in Beverly Hills, got pulled over by the cops. Spencer automatically put his hands on the dashboard, and Jordan was questioning the cops, asking where they got pulled over, or asking why they were pulled over. Great juxtaposition there. I felt it bad for Sophie um, and when she got thrown in jail too. She totally outranks that douchebag cop. And because she wasn't in a uniform, he didn't believe she was a crow. And why didn't they have badges that she could show him? 
right? Because they're not real cops. (laughs) (laughs) So I felt so bad for Alice when I'm literally trying to help her bring Kate back. And Ocean is one snapped Enigma's neck because he didn't want Alice to have Kate back. What the hell? Right? What the hell, Ocean? The last scene of the show, I literally screamed out loud when Tavaroff shot Luke. When Luke decided to go in front of the carjacker, I was like, no, the carjacker is going to hurt Luke. But I honestly did not think the show would go there with Tavaroff shooting him. He better be okay. I, I also thought that the carjacker was going to hurt Luke. And, you know, so then I was like, oh, even worse surprise. Um, okay, so that is our Batwoman feedback. Wonderful. Any predictions? Luke lives. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. We're rooting for you, Luke. We know we will survive. As long as you know you'll be alive. Jacob will try and convince Sophie to come back, and I just don't think that she should or she will. So yeah. and now, I, now Sophie can be like full time in the Batcave. Yes, I love that for her. Love that for us. <laughs> All right, moving into side B. No, we were already inside B, and I did not say this high because it's epic. All hail the king and fuck them kids. <laughs> <laughs> For the flash, <laughs> we have uh, Iris. Black lightning, don't skip. Oh, you're right. That's why I, sorry, I, I scrolled down too far. <laughs> it is side B. That's why I just said, that's what I just said. Okay. <clears throat> Back up. Black Lightning. <laughs> in the penultimate episode, Jefferson realizes that sometimes an admission of weakness can be a show of strength. He apologizes for the things he's put Lynn through and finally opens up to Jennifer about what it was like to lose his dad and how hard it can be to watch someone you love die, but that you can't save everyone and revenge is not it. Uh, meanwhile, Tobias is focusing on an endgame as he finally wins the mayoral election and has his assassin kill one of the Shadow Board's members in a twist, filling the rest with fear and really claiming his power. He won't be rejected and he proved as much with his show of control and power. So Tobias just keeps winning. Uh, Khalil hands Looker over to the cops with a promise she'll testify against Tobias and for the for the Pierces to get Lynn off. Finally, Chief Lopez's true vendetta against metahumans is revealed. She hates them because they killed her family, or her husband became a meta and killed her family, and she's using her power as chief to I get think, rid of them. I don't them. think he actually killed somebody. I think he just said he destroyed their Yeah, family. Well, I, which I took to kill, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's supposed to <laughs> kill them emotionally. <laughs> um, but Jennifer has the upper hand here because when she drops off um, a red to the police station, she embarrasses Lopez in a live video and because she was recording it and is showing it to the public. So Lopez takes matters th- things into her own hands by injecting herself with the metahuman powers. Dun dun dun. What sparked joy? Um, for the penultimate episode, there's some stuff that was going on here. So, um, you know, some storylines that were moving along effectively. I did like that Jeff, um, spoke to Jen about, you know, Uriah's death and he shared his own loss by opening up what happened the night his father was murdered. Um, and the fact that he was there, because that's something, a detail that he had never shared with anyone before, um, and so just kind of be like, you're, you're not the only one that goes through this. And then he asked her if he wanted to go to therapy um, because, you know, that's <laughs> it's something that he struggled with. And so I like that he's passing down like good methods to his children to better their mental health, um, especially being superheroes and all the trauma that they go through. So I thought that was a good conversation 
Um, and I liked that her conversation with TC as well, when she's like trying, she's all like hyped up on going after Red and killing Red and, and doing all of this stuff. And TC was like, I'm not going to help you kill somebody. Like, are you doing this for justice? Or are you doing this for revenge? She's like, does it matter? He's like, yeah, it matters. Which I thought was like a really important line that, yes, it does matter your motives for doing it, whether you're going after someone for justice and seeing that through versus revenge because revenge you know once it's done that you still don't feel anything versus justice um you kind of get like a resolve that you know this person is being held accountable for um by society not just by you but by society for what they did and people know what he did um and you know uh celebrating Uriah's life that way by having this person be held accountable for his death. Um, so I like that because it was shaky at the moment when she, <laughs> when she cornered him um, and her like eyes went like lightning and all that kind of stuff. But I like that she, you know, in the end took him to the police station. She did the right thing. And I like that she was smart too, because all of her encounters with Lopez have not been the best. Um, so I like that she, this is a great use of her social media playing it live so that anything happens, everybody can see it. And, you know, it's a good thing that she did it too, because Lopez just, all of her hatred came out at that moment at lightning. So it was great that it was caught like on camera. And I like that Jen said, you know, be careful, like what you do. Like, I know I'm a good person, but you know, are you kind of thing like kind of putting it back on her um, and not letting her, escape from that mirror she reflect, reflected back at her so that was great thunder grace had a lot of nice um um team up scenes um going and destroying the building together i i thought we were going to get another argument because we didn't really resolve the first one of to be a meta or not to be a meta and then they started arguing about whether the pregnant women whose meta, baby's meta genes were stolen whether they had the right to know or not um, but I liked that in this case, it actually got resolved. Excuse me. So I like that Anissa relented and told Grace that, you know, you do have a point because Grace, you know, again, like I like that Grace brought up that she's been having to deal with this her whole life and that she didn't have the privilege that Anissa has of being in a two parent household with your, you know, your whole family love and support and all this kind of stuff. Um, and her bringing a different perspective and Anissa actually seeing that perspective and, um, you know, relenting and saying, you know what, you do have a point. So I, I like that there is a nice argument, climax, and then resolution <laughs> that wound up with them being on the same page. Um, and I think that, you know, just <laughs> in terms of who side I was on in the argument, I do think that Grace had a point that if the you know, as much of a violation as it is that that was taken away from them, um, it's also something that they can't get back even if they knew it. So there's, I don't know, I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel like I was like leaning on Grace's side anyway, but so I'm glad that Anissa also leaned on Grace's side at the end. So <laughs> that was good for me. Um, Lynn and Lauren teaming up. That was a great team up. I like that Gamby introduced. Gamby is just so smooth with Lauren, even though she's like, I don't want to feel you. <laughs> Lauren is the white woman. She can't help but Lynn deserves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but I, I liked that Gandhi introduced. It was like introducing um, his girlfriend to his like his parents or like his family. Like yeah, get in <laughs> with the Pierces. Um, so it was nice seeing um, Len and, and Lauren kind of teaming up and working together. And there's two smart women that are really accomplished in their in both their fields, like teaming up and and working together. Um, and I like that Lynn let Lauren in um, because Gammy wasn't telling her secret because he's like, it's not my secret to tell, but it was Lynn's secret to tell. And I like that, you know, she's like, you know, you're a smart woman. If Gammy trusts you, I trust you. Um, so I like that there was a bond that was built there. Um, Tobias, I hate that he keeps winning, but when he makes sense, like, <laughs> I can't knock that it makes sense. I, I felt like there was something higher that he was aiming for. It with the shadow board. So I like the twist of him usurping the shadow board. Because I just thought it was stupid that they were like, we said that we would give it to you if you won the mayoral election. And there's one meta that has their power. So that means we're rescinding it. We reject you because one meta out of all the thousand that live in Freeland still has their power. Sorry. And she's like, that's stupid. And so I like that device is like, that's stupid. <laughs> and I will take over now. Um, so I, I like that. I like that his plan of selling meta boosters to the police while controlling the metas that can and can't use their powers. I thought it's pretty smart um, just because it gives him a lot of control. And it's kind of like, you know, like weapon sales and you controlling like who has the weapons. And even when things flare up, like if metas have their powers and because he can orchestrate like all kinds of things based on who he decides to give powers or not. So I feel like all of that is a pretty smart way to go about Tobias's um, building his own like empire of what he's trying to do. Um, so I feel like it makes him more of a credible villain that this is his plan. This is where he's thinking. Um, so I just, I mean, it's, it's an evil plan, but it's legit. <laughs> it sounds logistically. So um, I can't knock that it's smart. PK in his sass towards Looker when she was like complaining about his music was just like hilarious. Like now I I feel like I feel like I'm vibing with like PK and Khalil more and <laughs> they're like different you know personalities. And then just like the PK and Ishmael fight and the way that it was like lit. I love the way that it was lit. I love the way that it was choreographed. I love that it was like in a wooded area. It reminded me of the Boondocks when like Huey is like in his like samurai fight in the middle of like a bamboo forest or whatever. Um, it, it just looks, you know, they continue to give him the best fight choreography and Jordan Calloway just like pulls it off. I loved it. Fight was great. Um, yeah. I think that hits all of my spots where I had joy. <laughs> that hits the spot. Um, I will say, yes, I love that you call him PK. That brings me joy. But the the... <laughs> Painkiller and Khalil team up. It's not really a team up, but you know, it works much better now that like they are in harmony with each other. They balance, they go back and forth, etc. It feels more fun than before when it was just angst for Khalil 24-7 and he dragged down everyone with him in the vortex of sadness. So Khalil 2.0 with painkiller with a you know side of painkiller is excellent. And I'm very glad to see them, him back on board. Uh, so yes, him talking back to, or, you know, showing Looker who's boss was great. 
plus the Ishmael fight. I did not expect Ishmael to go down so easy. I feel like Ishmael's total kills were like 0.5, maybe if you count Lala. So, Ishmael, <laughs> um, you, didn't do, <laughs> you didn't do a great job. So I'm not sorry to see you go. But I am glad that Khalil slash Painkiller is the one that took you down. So that's nice. Um, I do love how smooth Gandhi is with Lauren. And that Lauren and Lynn really teeny up as, you know, women partially scorned, I suppose. You know, women who can do it better than these men that are <laughs> trying to give them the runaround, I guess. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. But Jefferson, you know, actually got to be a good dad this episode. And even... Not to say like a good son, because it's not like he was a bad son before, but to have it come back around to his father, which is where this all started. Mm-hmm. The enmity with Tobias started when he saw Tobias kill his father. So for Tobias to reveal that to him this episode, even though he already already knew it, obviously, but for him to then get to say, I knew it, and now they're both, they both know why they're fighting each other, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like a really good full, uh, circle. full circle for the show as a whole. Yeah. So we're going to finally have this climactic battle that we've really been having since day one of the show. And it ended up in a really um, agonizing place, right? Like when he says that uh, Jefferson is dead. Obviously, Jefferson is not dead in the trailer immediately. I think this, this is the first time we've ever had a trailer. <laughs> like, I feel like we haven't I had think, a trailer. I think, we had, even, I think we've only had like one other one. Like it's yeah. been, You can count them on one hand how many yeah. trailers we've had. Well, and it's so sad because they released a trailer too, but it was like season three and they had to adjust it i'm like it's season four guys get it together right <laughs> um but yeah but it shows to, you know it shows jefferson's life so it's like it's not really suspenseful but for for jennifer you know for jj we have to see how she's going to react and what she's going to do about it but jj also had a great i don't think it because it didn't necessarily because he was talking to his dad or he's talking to somebody he's like they killed me so you know because we've had before where he's talking to his dad and his dad was oh he's talking to bill henderson Mm-hmm. In the premiere too, so it could be him in like the the other world, the other world, yeah, like yeah. in between worlds. Yeah, don't go into the light, Jefferson. But <laughs> <laughs> but he won't go into the light. I think we can, you know, and he'll pull Luke out of it while he's coming back. There we go. That's how they work. There's another black man doing it here. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, JJ also had a good storyline. I liked that. You know, she did not end up killing what's his face and brought him not only brought him to Lopez but also recorded it because she knew that Lopez would try something um so that was great and then of course when she goes back in and everyone is like laughing at her or laughing at the video like ah, oh, she got shown up by lightning I don't know it's like it wasn't really funny so I don't know why people were like ah, oh, embarrassing it was more just like <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine <laughs> I'm glad so glad that JJ came out on top in that confrontation <laughs> Um, so aside from that, I also really liked the, um, Thunder Grace. Like, I'm glad we actually got to see them have a talk for real, have their opposite opposing sides of the argument. And I also was leaning more towards, uh, Grace's, although I will say, I don't feel like they gave her the strongest argument. I feel like there were stronger arguments that she could have had, that she could have made, but it's like, it doesn't matter because then it's like, I guess I was like, why did they, why would you assume in that point that all the mothers wanted the metagene, their baby to have metagene. Right, right. Because <laughs> I feel like, like we should tell them because their babies could have been metas. I'm like, why would a mother want her baby exactly. to be no metas? Exactly, no mom would be like, no, give it back to them. <laughs> like, 
So I think it's okay that we don't mention it. And Misty Probably more like to be a costumed superhero. Come on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing the metagene is not a naturally occurring thing, right? Like right. it's a mutation to begin with. So mm-hmm. it'd be like, we got to tell them that they almost, <laughs> their babies almost came out messed up, but the babies came out okay. Like, oh, it's okay. They came out okay. We don't have to worry about it. So anyway, <laughs> um, or be like, you almost got COVID, but you did not. Okay. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I did not. <laughs> We're good. But anyway, I did. So, so, so I am glad that they heard each other. They both heard each other out and that Anissa agreed, you know, with, with Grace. Um, so further, further, uh, confirmation that Grace is officially part of the family. Cause we're just like a couple of seconds there in previous episodes. I was like, are they going to just make them divorce randomly before the end? Cause are you going to mention so like the, what Lynn, um, Lynn's comment? Did, was she, was this the episode where she talked to Jefferson about their three dollars? Yeah. 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 Oh, that was so sweet. And she was like, we have three wonderful, powerful daughters, whatever. And I was like, oh, Grace. <laughs> For a second, I thought that she meant like Jennifer and JJ. And then I was like, oh, no, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> so that was much better. <laughs> the Grace version was better. But anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, I don't know. Like, this, this is a choice. I think that given what, what with what we've been given this season, this is about the best culmination to the finale that we could have gotten. So they did they did well with what they had to work with. <laughs> okay, indeed they did. <laughs> um, Tobias just I hate that I'm like <laughs> you, you can't knock it. It's I know, like... I know, I can't. That's what's frustrating because he's such he's been such a I mean he's always been a good villain, but like he's really upped his game this season especially because he's like I'm gonna go out on top <laughs> and I'm scheming and doing all these things so I feel he like he's to, like lose yet in, in like the penultimate I know episode. he hasn't which was really surprising but I just think like... <laughs> yeah. I just think like the whole season he's just been super smart he's been calculating he knows exactly what he's doing he's hit all the spots of like where do I need to get power because it's not just like continuing to do like he's the type of villain who's like i'm not going to continue to keep doing what it is i've been doing and failing at if i want to actually do something and continue to gain more power i need to like step up and that is exactly what he did by like running for mayor by even with the whole shadow board and taking out that guy who's like oh you still can't be with us and he's like haha yes i can (laughs) um so that was really, really great for him and I think really great storytelling because we've seen his journey from the very beginning as a villain and that's never let up. Um, and I think that he's even more powerful now, even to the point where like as much as I disliked it too, but like the moment of him and Jefferson fighting and like trying to take him out the same way he took out his father. I'm like, damn, Tobias. <laughs> that was really brutal, but it was also a good call back to like season one days where we used to see we used to talk about like Jefferson's dad more often and what happened and the whole connection with Tobias because I feel like for some time not that we forgot Jefferson and Tobias were connected on more than just I don't like you and I need you to be defeated but kind of like bringing that back to the forefront about just how long they've been you know feuding and how long they've been against each other and why um, so I thought that was really important and a great kind of like full circle moment for both of them. 
Um, I really love like after a whole season of Jefferson kind of being sad and mopey and just not up to the same levels as he he usually has been he's kind of lost that spark that optimism um that we saw in the first season with like his students and his family so now to have him finally being able to like open up to JJ and tell her what happened about his dad and even apologizing to Lynn about sort of bringing her into this life and this is not what he imagined for his family that was really great to see it oh, feels yeah. like that therapy has paid off <laughs> <laughs> after so long and it made even the moment the unexpected like reproposal from last episode it made me feel better like watching him sort of own up to all of these things and be able to be vulnerable and just talk things out with his family rather than just getting into another heated argument like we've seen time and time again over the season especially with Lynn so I feel like that was a major breakthrough um and of course, like TC and uh, JJ's conversation about justice versus revenge, because we've seen so many stories go down the route of like revenge, like you killed my family, you killed whomever, and I'm just going to like take you out and leave it at that. Um, and I think that that conversation was really important because I think JJ stands for more than that, um, despite all the losses she's faced in her life, um, especially like the fact that she didn't like she decided to take out Lopez in a way that would mm-hmm harm her but not like physically harm her but like take out her reputation maybe and get her to not see things all of a sudden well, like, she's not gonna just to like remove her, remove her. like if, if exactly. like, yeah that's yeah, how you get so, justice and not yes, like revenge exactly exactly yeah. so that moment was really really satisfying to watch um and i agree about the painkiller um in the ishmael fight i was a surprised that ishmael's lasted this long but you know i He's not going to get into the the League of Assassins, <laughs> sadly for him. <laughs> but I do. Uh, I think that the cor- the fight choreography is some of the best I think I've seen since like Arrow days. Um, and it makes me look forward to a potential painkiller spinoff because I think that they've treated his story so well, and they're like they continue to develop him as a person and his dynamic with like between Khalil and Painkiller. Um, so it makes me excited to like see what his show would look like with regards to the fighting and the, you know, emotional dynamic with him, uh, with PK <laughs> and like what that will, what that will be. Cause that's really exciting. And of course, like Lauren and Lynn, to be honest, it's like, I mentioned this earlier, but Lynn, Lauren is like the white woman part science partner that Lynn deserved and not Dr. Oh, and, Jake. And not. So we actually get a woman exactly. who's like, yes, we're going to team up together. I'm not a conniving evil bitch. <laughs> so that was really, really pleasant. And it did feel like, you know, Gamby is marrying both sides of his life too, to mm-hmm. his, to the Pierce family whom he loves. And it's like bringing Lauren into the fold, which is very like, I trust you now. This is, you know, this is who I care about. You're in the circle of trust. And that was really nice. Um, what did not spark joy? Minor. But, like, after the Ishmael fight and PK was like, you know, Freeland's just right down the road. He's like, I'm good. <laughs> Actually, I will not go and see Jennifer. I'm like, Why? Why would you do this? Like, you've been... Asking how she is for the last couple I episodes, know. and let me just do this one thing, and then I can be back in Freeland. And now you've done the thing. You're just like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> like I don't know if they're trying to um, save it 
for the spinoff, maybe. Um, but it was just kind of like a letdown in that moment that he's just like, yeah, never mind. I'm not going to go down there. So whatever. Um, I just want the payoff of him seeing a different Jennifer than what he who he knew and seeing whether that is just like the the end of it or at the beginning of something else. Like, I just want to know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Lopez, like only like, why are we just now in the penultimate episode learning her whole backstory? Oh, why she hates Metis. Like, holy exposition, Batman. <laughs> why am I just now hearing about this? Like, I know powers destroyed your, your marriage and your husband. Like, excuse me, who <laughs> she has a husband who is a meta. What? Why are we just now figuring this out? Like, this would have, like, made her seem like more of a three-dimensional person from the beginning if we knew this was her motivation the whole time. Um, so that was just, like, like exposition vomit there at the end just to, you know, make sure that we throw her over the edge. Um, like, her entire, like, meltdown um, when, you know, she gets found out and embarrassed by lightning and, and that driving her to, like, be a hypocrite and inject herself with meta powers. Um, all power corrupts. Absolutely. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Or whatever. But I don't know. Like, it just made me feel like you're just like even more ridiculous now. Um, and the fact that I didn't learn about anything about you until this exact moment just proves, you know, it just makes it seem even more, you know, her actions after that seem even more ridiculous. Um, and then Looker, the racist white woman who has been saying slurs and living proud in her racism for episodes ever since she's been on there, is being somewhat protected and treated with more respect by black men than she has ever treated black men or anybody. <laughs> um, kind of brought me the wrong way, the way that, like, you know, PK and Khalil like wind up saving her quote unquote from Ishmael who is going to kill her as well. And then just like gently handling over to the FBI. I say, they're going to take care of you. You're going to be protected. Like, fuck that. I don't care if she's protected or not. Um, so it just, it just felt like very, you know, they, they made like the dig, you know, about the whole like driving Miss Daisy thing, but then they protect Miss Daisy. <laughs> um, so I just, I feel like she should have been as like, handled with kid gloves as if she appeared to be just because she was a witness. I don't know. It's still just kind of like ugh, the wrong way. Um, I like the whole, like going back to the beginning with Jefferson and Tobias at Jefferson's dad's house. Um, I thought it was stupid <laughs> the way that they were going to try to erase the whole concept of like erasing Tobias's memory. Great. The trick of Jefferson like using like the, the thing to knock him out stealthily with zero stealth <laughs> whatsoever. It felt super telegraphed and um the whole, you know, Tobias being like, huh, I knew you were gonna do that. I'm like, I knew he was gonna do that. Because it just it just seemed like it was an obvious I don't know, I don't know if it was the way that it was staged or choreographed or whatever, but it was just obvious that it that wasn't going to work. And then like like I said, like it's also the penultimate episode, and Tobias has not lost yet. He has not taken any L's. And so now I'm supposed to believe in the final episode, he's taken all the L's. Like, they, have, they still haven't even found the, um, 
the transmitter yet. Like Lauren and Lynn are working on that, but they haven't the emitter. They haven't found it. So you know he doesn't even have that that it's you know failing and people are trying to get their powers back or whatever. None of that is happening. Um, which oh that's prediction. Put that on hold. <laughs> but then obviously Jefferson, like you know, for for him to to bias to win so much to the point that he goes and kills Jefferson, quote unquote. Jefferson is like dying or dead at the hands of Tobias. It just feels like, you know, where are the L, the the W's for the Pierce family? And then obviously, you know, JJ being traumatized by that phone call. But yeah. <laughs> where are the W's for the Pierce family? Just about sums up my dislikes <laughs> with the episode. Um, I cannot believe that we are one episode before the end and it feels like Tobias could just like win in seconds. We are seconds away from total domination for Tobias. Um, especially because he's like one dude with clearly less than great lackeys because Looker and Ishmael were just flops. So I don't know how and he's doing it. You haven't even seen Val anymore since she <laughs> yeah. gave up her powers. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm just like, how is Tobias doing this? Um, and then him like, sort of taking over the board or like getting back in the board by having, you know, doing a little puppet dance <laughs> with the shadow puppet dance with his powers or with the metas that he imbued with powers, however you want to say it. Um, I was like, if you can do all of that, what was the point of the shadow board in the first place? Why? What are they doing? And I still was like, okay, um, have one episode for them to directly affect what is happening, I guess, in Freeland. Um, also, yeah, like the cliffhanger of Tobias, Tobias killing quote unquote Jefferson, uh, is rendered null a by the promo, and then just by the fact that there's no way that he's gonna die with one episode to go, um, and also it's just like very bleak way to go into the finale. Like again, none yeah. of these people even have powers. Like we've got only Jennifer has her powers. That's it, right? Everyone else no powers. So I'm like, what are we? How how far can we get in one episode with powers? And like, and then also restoring Freeland. I don't know. It just seems like they're going to leave a lot to the spinoff, which very well might happen because apparently CW just took back their Saturday block or whatever. So they're going to have to renew everything. (laughs) 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 So I guess I'm getting it. But then weren't they already doing that though? (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, but now it's like before they were maybe not picking up some things, That's true. like when they didn't pick up the canaries. This time, I guess they'll definitely pick up a uh, painkiller, but it it feels all the more like Black Lightning isn't really ending, but Jefferson is just being removed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit, it's a little bit awkward. It's a little bit awkward. Um, I think I don't know that I have. I mean, I agree with you about about Looker. Um, that's like, why is she getting, why is she being treated so well? Um, first off, I wouldn't even want her back at all. And that she just comes back after like two years now and it turns out that she's working for Tobias. How did this happen? Why did this happen? Why does she even want to work for Tobias? Right. Yeah. There's no, like, she's just there because they're like, well, we've used her before, so we know what she does, I guess. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's so, so it's, I'm not, no, don't enjoy seeing her all that much. Um, uh yeah so that's and then you know i guess the last thing will just be it's a finale are we gonna have time for the the race reception in the finale 
I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be as the credits roll. Exactly. Oh, my God. (laughs) It does not feel like there's going to be satisfactory conclusions for the relationships. I totally agree with you about I was I was just like throwing things at the TV metaphorically when he said he wasn't going to go to Freeland. He didn't see Jennifer or whatever. It's like, why? Why? Like, even if like if I ship it, obviously, I'm annoyed. And if I don't ship it, I'm like, can you just close the chapter already? Like, what Mm -hmm. are you doing? Uh, you you pre- like it was quote unquote closed when she was like get lost basically go find yourself somewhere else and then and then it's opened it back up because he's like I'm thinking about Jennifer right now how's Jennifer doing by the way I'm thinking about her I got by the her. way she has a different face <laughs> how do you react to that we don't know <laughs> so like they've kept it dangling on purpose and either they're saving it for the for the spinoff like you said or they're saving it for the finale but either way it's too much to pack into the finale or it's too much to expect that people will just go into the spinoff because they were unsatisfied by the finale (laughs) that would be unsatisfying for (laughs) black lightning as a show for sure so yeah i feel like if they made it two hours that would make sense like there would be some time to get to yeah they're not i know that they're not gonna do that it's a it's a hope but it's not reality (laughs) but yeah i I agree especially about like the lopez thing because that was a she's just been awful all season like we didn't need another reason to hate her (laughs) and then all of a sudden she comes in with her little i don't know is it supposed to be a sob story because i was not there was no sympathy here. Like, why wait this long to try and make her make sense? Yeah, exactly. Especially since she's been going at it really hard for like all the whole season, the whole 13 episodes. And there could have been a reason. They had time because it's not like she, because there was that moment where they were like investigating Jefferson and then they weren't. And I'm like, there's so many things this yeah. season that, that I feel like they, you know, they introduced <laughs> and then they're like, well, we don't have time for that. So, we're deleting, deleting, deleting. And so this is what we end up with. And I think that's really sad because like while Tati said, you know, it's good for what we've gotten so far this season. It is not like just watching it. I would have forgotten that this is the final season because it doesn't feel like a true escalation of anything, really. Um, I think there's so much left with regards to the big finale with Jefferson and Tobias and also kind of getting back some sense of you know positive Pierce family feels for the audience um, that we've missed for the majority of the season so yeah I feel like there's a lot to accomplish and I don't think that this episode while it was good did it in a way where it feels like there's going to be satisfactory closure um because I'm sitting here wondering, I was like, wait, they tried to kill Jeff? Like, what is going to happen? And how is that going to, like, what is that going to do for the finale? Um, So, yeah, I just feel underwhelmed overall. Um, Sad times. What did our feedbackers think? Black lightning feedback. Here we go. Um, we have Suara. Yes, and Suara said, Black Lightning was fine. <laughs> it felt kind of <laughs> underwhelming for a penultimate episode. I did like the character moments to come for the Pierces, but it didn't come together in the most compelling way. Chief Lopez just absolutely sucks. I do not care about this bigot. I hate that we have to shove in mega bigots, both on this show and on The Flash. 
oh god, it feels like a repeat of Ben Lockwood on Supergirl. Mm, so oh, true. Yeah. No more artificial prejudices like this in super in superhero media, please. Or at least do it with more nuance and relevant depth. I also didn't feel anything when Jefferson died. Like, we know he's obviously not. He'll get resurrected when his powers come back. But this cliffhanger honestly felt so cheap to me. Especially when we know that the next episode is the last. I guess I found Tobias really great to watch. And Lynn and Jefferson reconciled was nice. And some good Thunder Grace even. But it wasn't the most compelling episode, to be honest. Hoping for a great finale. I don't disagree with you. Anita said, Boy, do I have thoughts. <laughs> I didn't expect Khalil's mission to fetch Looker and force a confession to be totally successful, but I was happy about the solid win. Do you think Looker will show up in Akashic Valley to disrupt the black and brown prosperity? I hope not. Um, no, Khalil PK didn't cheat. He's just as clever as he is lethal, and I love to see it. Red made the third menace off the streets of Freeland. It was too good to be true. What Lynn said to Jeff about people never getting the fairytale they imagined, but she loved the fairytale they made, was sweet. That was very mm -hmm. sweet. I beg your pardon, ma'am. I got exactly the fairy tale of an overworked, underpaid, escaping to the movies <laughs> and TV adulthood that I imagined. <laughs> Speaking of Lynn, watching Gotham made me rewatch Batman Begins, and she played the secretary who caught Bruce Wayne's flirty eye when he came back to town. Nice. Mm. I knew this plan of Jefferson's would fail. Didn't Gamby instruct him to hit Tobias on his left side but he attacked from the right? And he didn't bring... Hmm? <laughs> see? Mm -mm. Yeah. And he didn't bring back up. But I guess they needed to set up the final showdown between Bias and Jefferson, and the trailer makes it look good. It was an extended trailer. Will we get an extended episode? You and May on the same dreamboat. Um, <laughs> actually going to miss the Pierce's on TV, ultimately. So often, haunted by... So often, superheroes have backstories of pain and trauma, always haunted by personal loss. Jefferson, being the titular hero, did lose his father to violence, so that is a typical story. But checking in on a close, loving, and accepting heroic black family that wasn't wrecked by trauma was mostly pretty cool. Sad times. It's almost over. Um, do we have another one, or is that it? No, that's it. All right. All right. What is your prediction, Jessica? That while Jefferson is getting shit beat out of him by Tobias, Lynn and Lauren are finding the emitter. And, like, right before Jefferson's, like, heartbeat stopped for the last time, <laughs> they will turn off the emitter. And so, like, his lightning will, like, jumpstart his heart and he'll be okay. Yes. That Ooh, is I like that. That is exactly like what will happen. You did it. Mm -hmm. You did it. You wrote the best finale ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> A win for the Pierces. <laughs> Tati, do you have any prediction thoughts? I predict that Jessica will be right. <laughs> and that maybe like the last scene will be Khalil seeing Jennifer as new face and being like whoa <laughs> find out next on Painkiller <laughs> that is probably what will happen <laughs> the biggest the biggest shocker <laughs> alright moving into our final show of the week The Flash Iris and Team Citizen investigate Sykes' past to learn that his real name is Bashir and he's been orphaned twice. Sad times. And the reason he wants revenge on his friends is because he thinks they abandoned him years prior. These rich, privileged types. <laughs> Meanwhile, Barry initiates a new training system that sees him pushing Alexa to bring out and control Forza in time to stop Syke from attacking anyone further. Barry is, of course, impatient. And what he didn't anticipate was Speed Force Nora showing up early and now allied with Dion strikes to kill Iris, Alexa, and Bashir in one fell swoop. 
Joe, meanwhile, decides to quit being captain after another run-in with Kramer, who wants to use the metahuman cure to shoot them um, with it rather than come up with something different because she is just using her power to, you know, exact her own revenge as Lopez is doing on Black Lightning. Um, Cisco really does reveal his fear this time around to Camilla, and it was that he'd be stuck working at Star Labs 40 years from now while everyone else has moved on. He didn't want that, and so decides to quit Team Flash, but also doesn't know what to do with his life after that. And that the right job will come to him, according to Camilla. And I have predictions on that. But before we get to that, what sparked joy? <laughs> well, I will say that the Cisco, um, even though it wasn't really like a storyline, it was like two scenes. But it was probably my favorite part of the episode in that it felt the most realistic. Like, I totally believe that Cisco would feel like he was wasting away at Star Labs. He does, his like role diminishes as time goes on. (laughs) And he is stuck in one spot when he could do so much more and be, you know, have so much more impact. And I also feel like it's relatable in that, like, I feel like a lot of people have abilities and ambitions that go far beyond what they're currently in a position to do. Mm-hmm. So, so in that sense, I was like, yes, I feel you, Cisco, literally and metaphorically. Um, and, you know, this way, hopefully, whatever, whatever happens, whatever that, that does move him out of Central City will be an actually fulfilling thing. He's going to go on, move on to do bigger and better stuff. And they'll be not happy to send him off, but, you know, like, send him off with felicitations with joy for for his future so that is good um aside from that i i am glad that joe's big quitting the forest moment did not come because of frost that it is a larger thing that you know frost wasn't a one-off and that uh miss kramer is continuing her vendetta against metas um and that joe is seeing that he you know i guess also can't stop it from the inside or whatever. So I liked, I liked that he, um, you know, I liked not just that he quit, but that he quit in front of like, like we got to see those reactions to it. Cause he's like, like, Oh my God, (laughs) West is quitting being a cop. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But Joe is probably, you know, the best person they have at CCBD because clearly CCBD is not very good. Um, And uh. Much like in Batwoman, we will see them fall apart. Although this will be more like falling apart due to incompetence and not due to like... Well, actually, I feel like this <laughs> is going to be different from Batwoman. Because I feel like CCPD cops actually like their job or like like Joe. And that they won't like Kramer. No, yeah, yeah they're definitely not going to like Kramer. Yeah, and they like sure. the flash. I feel like CCPD is like generally like nice. They're just incompetent. Whereas Batwoman, <laughs> the clothes are evil. So they're going to fall apart from like being too evil. Whereas... <laughs> I think all the cops on the CCPD force are going to, like, walk out. They're going to choose, like, the Flash. There's going to be, like, a, a, like, you know, Kristen's going to try and shoot Barry at one point, And right. the police are going to, like, form a blue wall. Barry around Barry. <laughs> blue wall. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> Not all cops. You know, this, this they would totally do that on the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway, so, yes, it'll, it will not be the same for sure. But... I do think that they will be lost without their leader, um, Joe. Anyway, aside from that, for the four storyline, I do like that we got another, you know, mini team citizen team up and that it was Iris's information about Bashir that led to eventually Bashir, you know, crossing over back to Team Flash or to his family. Um, 
And the only part of the family that I enjoyed was like the bickering between Alexa and Bashir. Well, that was fun. Um, I did. Okay, I will say this. I did like Caitlin talking to Alexa and and explaining the three years of nonsense that was the Killer Frost storyline <laughs> more succinctly and like in a more real, like understandable way in this conversation than has ever been shown previously on screen. So that was good. I did like that that was useful for that so that Alexa could be like, oh, I understand now. I too want to be roomies with Forza and <laughs> respect each other or whatever. Um, so yeah, that part was good. Uh, it was good that, you know, we had someone there who could be a better teacher than Barry. Barry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, do I have anything else that I feel is positive? Um, no, just, I mean, like, I'm glad that Iris, oh, 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 yeah, I did like that it was, like, Barry is being a CSI, and Iris is being a journalist. That part is good. Um, and we get to see them both in their, like, job descriptions, but also in, like, their positions in the family. Even though Barry is very bad at his, but Iris is good at hers, and that's what matters to me. So, there you go. Yeah, I really enjoyed in the beginning with Barry and Iris meeting up at the crime scene and their like official job titles. Like Iris is like flashing her back Porter here and like Barry's like doing his actual CSI job. Um and them like talking out the case and building up like a game plan. Like it felt like almost legit if I close my eye and like wink with the other one, like a law and order, <laughs> like when they're coming up on the crime scene and they're like trying to like figure out <laughs> <laughs> the description of like the the suspect and what could have happened and all that kind of stuff. Um, I I thought that they they balanced each other out really well in that scene and um you know noticing the pride of lions or whatever the hell that Ivy League group was called and coming up with like a game plan. I love getting to see more of Team Citizen. I feel like the previous episode, while it was fun that they were chasing down their own lead and trying to get to Nora, they also didn't get very far or do very much. Whereas I felt like in this episode, there's more investigating going down. They actually found the, um, I can't remember what the lady's name was, um, but they found her and they tried to talk to her. And then when that didn't work, they had another game plan. There's like multiple scenes. It was very professional, different camera angles and stuff, multiple scenes of them investigating and, and coming up with different theories and figuring out um, Bashir's backstory. So I felt like that was a really more effective use of team citizen in this episode i liked iris coming up with her own approach you know after finding out about Bashir's backstory being at the head in the comms room you know to recruit Bashir and telling barry like what to say um you know like you said like her place in the family is at the head at the comms directing everybody else um <laughs> I liked that, and I, and I feel like there is some kind of like emotional connection, like between Bashir and Iris, that you know, mental thing, because it felt like he could hear her in his head, like he was reaching out to her mentally. So even though he's like an ass, <laughs> it does feel like there's, you know, if he listens to nobody else, he will probably listen to Iris, and then he died. But <laughs> when he was alive, he was listening to Iris. Um, I liked, uh, I. You know, this show put me on the same page with Caitlin um, <laughs> when she <laughs> got mad at Barry for pushing Alexa so hard. 
and not being patient because like literally before like when I was like live tweeting, I'm like, when does he learn this like fatherly lesson of patience? They keep calling him dad and all this other shit. But when is he going to learn the the patience part of being like a parent? And I feel like that's like basically what Caitlin said that you are not you're going to push away another child <laughs> if you do not <laughs> stop doing what you're doing. Um so I like that, you know, she, she, because Iris had to go out and do her job. She can't do her job out in the world and cancel Barry. So Caitlin had to step in at this point because Cisco is not Barry. Out. I was like, well, <laughs> council. <Council. laughs> <laughs> um, so like Iris can't do her job and Barry's job. So, I mean, Caitlin had to step in and be like, and then Cisco was just knocked out. So you couldn't do anything. But, um, I like that conversation and I also agree with Tati. I like the conversation between her and Alexa about understanding the, the demon that lives inside you. <laughs> Sorry. Advice. Okay. Thanks, Alexa. Stop talking. <laughs> it's like, not that Alexa. <laughs> I can't say her name, I guess. <laughs> so I like the conversation between Kate, Caitlin and where says other half <laughs> about understanding the, the you know demon inside you your your devil roommate and using the transmitter to talk to her and understand the force and I just think that girl whose name starts with A is just super cute and she's got like um you know she's like the the favorite force child and um she's got like Michelle Obama arms so I just I just enjoyed her on the screen um so she was great addition for temporary um then i agree with you about like um cisco it was surprising because we were like somebody's dying caitlin's dying um this is his greatest we were being fear more dramatic we were being so dramatic <laughs> um but it was it was nice that his fear was so relatable and getting to a certain point in your career and then like stopping and looking around and be like what am i doing here like i'm not progressing in my life and I'm not where I should be. I feel like, you know, is Barry and Iris are starting a family. They have forced children. Soon they will have actual children. Um, Caitlin. <laughs> but like he's, he's just hasn't like been able to move or, or going anywhere. So I, I like that. The, I, you know, the idea, you know, he's made the decision to leave, but the idea of what do you do next when you haven't really been, doing anything or investing in yourself for a couple of years is kind of scary. So I like that they had that conversation um, and seeing where it will go. I think he, I missed it when I was like live tweeting, but I think he got a call from Argus. So it's not necessarily where I yes, wanted him to go. Did. That's yes, my theory. Yes. It's not necessarily where I want him to go. Cause I want him to build his like empire like he did in yeah. the alt earth, mm -hmm. but we'll see. I hope that it's like we see an episode of him helping Argus, whatever it is they called him about. And then they offer him the job and he's like, actually, based on what yeah. I have just done, I, will I would be, like to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Doing this other thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, that would be preferable. Because <laughs> that's my, my theory is that he will go work with Argus, but I hope it's not. It doesn't have to be permanent. It could just be like a stepping stone. To something greater. Um, because I did like that we finally got. I know the summer was lying last week. Because like we did not get Cisco's fear. You did not explain it to us. And they did finally explain it to us. And I do think. I agree it's like very relatable. It's 
it is really hard to be like stuck in a place for a long time and you're like Cisco's very comfortable. He, you know, I hope he has benefits. <laughs> he works, he gets to work on tech, he gets to deal with like weird metahumans and, you know, everything can be catastrophic, but he also gets to work with his friends. So there's a plus to everything. Um, so it really feels like home to him. But the fact is that, you know, and somebody pointed out that we sort of saw his sort of saw his future in season three with the once and future flash. Um, when Barry time travels to the future and Cisco sort of like the only one left at Star Labs. Um, and I understand why he wouldn't want that to be reality because being stuck at Star Labs already sucks. <laughs> so being there 40 years into the future uh, sucks even more. So I wish we'd gotten more of it, but I do like that this is the way that they're going and it isn't actually like somebody's like Camilla dying or Caitlin dying or anything or him dying. Even it's just something that feels very authentic and uh, an organic next step towards him doing something else with his life. Like that is a good reason to leave anything behind if you're just no longer satisfied and you're just sort of fed up. So I do like that they gave him that storyline and of course, Team Citizen was excellent this episode. I think that they were firing on all cylinders. Iris, as always, like really shows her humanity. Like she's deeply connected to people. She's always willing to see why it is that they did what they did, um, and how they can sort of talk them down in a way where it's not like Barry's the impulsive one. He's like the Bart in the situation. He's very impulsive. He just does things and he just wants things done really quickly. And Iris is not that person at all. So I like that her investigation of everything and Bashir fed back into the um, Force storyline with regards to like trying to train Forza, but also, you know, needing to not be combative with Bashir himself because there is some side to him that you can speak to and I think that that was really interesting because I do like and this may be an unpopular opinion but I do like the four storyline in general with obvious several exceptions <laughs> but I, I <laughs> like the idea of like what it is that they're trying to do and that these forces of nature because they're attached to people are different you know because they're also human and you can actually speak to them there's the idea of found family which is nice even though they hit us over the head with it <laughs> the lot. flash is nothing but if not consistent yes, exactly um so I, I like that aspect of it i do like the new characters i think they have a lot of personality and you know it was really fun to see them interact with everyone um yes that that is all um oh yes of course i like joe quitting the police force because I think that just just fed up and like I feel like JLM has just been really tired <laughs> for a long time <laughs> and it shows it. bless his heart <laughs> <laughs> so like finally he gets to be in a situation where he gets to he's also like Cisco right he's been in this career for a very long time it is sort of all yeah. he knows in his adult life um, and he was always very you know pro his job he seemed to enjoy he seemed to like also working with like team flash on stuff this was his thing his baby and now it's like well taking it a step too far we have kramer who's making me see the light about the situation and i'm gonna quit and go do something else with my life i have no idea what that is <laughs> but i think that it speaks to kind of like all these characters 
stepping into positions where they are actively moving on, taking the next step in their lives. And I think that that's also really important to see. But what did not spark joy? Well, um, <laughs> basically, most things on the Force uh, storyline side of things, just, I really wish they had just not been calling each other brother and sister and child, father and mother and like whatever. It's just nonsense. It's dumb. And it's if you were going... Weird. If you were going to have this Nora claim herself as a child of Barry and Iris, then they should have cast Jessica Parker Kennedy as the Nora. So that it would be different. Like, first off, it's like a different reason to, like, first be weary, weary, and then also excited about the Speed Force, right? Because you're like, oh my god, it's Nora! And then you're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's not. It's the Speed Force? Like, but the Speed Force is, you know, like, whatever. So, like, I feel like from the start, that would have made more sense. Because then it immediately, you don't need to have this whole little, and then Barry clutched his pillow. Because it reminded him of his mother or whatever backstory that they previously had in order for Iris to want to bring Nora into their house. The baby burrito blanket. Yeah, the baby burrito blanket. Yeah. (laughs) It would have just been, it would have just been like, oh my God, it's Nora. Nora's back. You know? And I feel like that would have been a more impactful storyline. And then just easier for us to believe when it's like, look at my four siblings. And then also it just doesn't, like, it never made sense. But even like now more than ever, it doesn't make sense that Nora is just like a god speed force creation and then the others are just in people and i'm like if you are gonna like take out the force what happens to the force what is the force about the person that it's like nora is there because the force created her but these other people were already in existence Mm -hmm. so just just my brain is imploding i don't understand what this plot line is and why it had to be this way (laughs) it should have like they just should have all been people like dead people that were quote-unquote brought back with the forces in that case so whatever it just falls apart of the themes when you bring in the other people aside from that barry was just a huge asshole like it's been six seasons at this point i mean it's certainly consistent this is definitely a character of his but he's made no progress in like treating people better when he's training them or like being a teacher He's just as rude to uh, Alexa as he was to Wally in season two. He's just as impatient as he was with Nora. Um, like, and so, yeah, it just seems like he just doesn't learn a lesson. And it just doesn't really make sense why he's like the leader of Team Flash, if you will. Or why anyone would listen to him. Because it's always like, no, Barry, don't do that. That's a bad idea. So when, I don't know. I feel like, you know, when, when like... Uh, Oh, why can't I remember his name now? Oliver looks like a better leader than you. Oh my god, yeah. And you've got problems. You're obviously doing something wrong. Um, that was like my biggest issue with it. I don't really like it's just like it's like a large issue because it took up most of the episode and it made me very annoyed. Um, and then aside from that, I just feel like I don't know why like the fight, like they really obviously they've lost a lot of the budget or they've turned down the budget a lot, you know. And so they've been trying to avoid fights as much as possible. But then they, they actually did have a fight this time. And I was like, no, let's just talk. Let's not have a fight. Has Barry actually run at all this season? I don't feel like... Well, I guess he kind of like ran to like see the fight. And then he stopped. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they've definitely been, you know, turning it down uh, several notches. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like... I feel like it's just showing, like the seams are showing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's 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 a little bit it's a little bit. Someone now. pointed out that when Barry gets knocked into the car, his like belt buckle snaps. Yeah, like his, his suit is falling apart. Sad oh time. Oh god. So yeah, we definitely need someone. Please invest in the Flash. 
<laughs> We've run out of Wells's money, it seems. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. That's all. Yeah, I I mean I agree. Like I remember like I was on the the Flash podcast the other week and I felt like I was trying to defend the forces and and the fact that like you said it is different because Nora is not an actual person. She's like a force in the body of a person where the other forces are people that are possessed by forces. So it's like, you know, are they forces or are they human? It's a combination of both, but I feel like it's getting harder to do, to do that to like to defend like because I agree with you I, I get where the concept where this concept started but I feel like the main thing that is taking it out for me is the whole mom dad hey bro hey sis hey mom hey dad references like it's getting weird in my nini voice um we know that Barry and Iris here like this like this is like Stan Twitter like Stan Twitter is like Barry and Iris are mom and dad but we're not in the show and they're fictional characters. So like to have actual characters in the show that are not related to them and being like, Hey mom, Hey dad, Hey bro. Hey sis. It's just like awkward. Cause y'all are all like the same age. <laughs> and we know that Barry and Iris created the forces, but they didn't birth you. So it's just like, even, even the whole thing, like I get what they're trying to do with the found family, but the whole like taking it too literal thing is just a little bit too much. Um, Especially when you get into like the, the complexities of Nora is a speed force, but also their force child, but also looks like Barry's mom, but also is not his mom. Like it's just confusing and they should just stop doing it. Um, Barry, like he's just, I agree, he's the worst this season. Like it's not even just this episode, like this whole season, he's just not been great. And I don't know what, like it's COVID and then like Grant seems out of it. And it's just like, he's just not doing, he is not firing on any cylinders at the moment. Like who did Grant piss off? Like we talked about like Crest pissing off people <laughs> from Black Lightning. Like, who, who did Grant make mad in the writer's room for them to treat Barry like this? Um, you know, first he wants to throw away the speed force. Then he wants to kill all the other forces before she does. And now he's like pushing Alexa to perform on his timeline, even though she's a force baby and clearly has PTSD about not only dying (laughs) at the hands of Nora, but also not being able to control her powers and the things that she has done as Fuerza and hurt other people. Um, So for him to just continue to not only think about like his issues and not consider her feelings, I thought was, and for that to go on for so long, like I feel like a lot of Barry's, hard-headedness goes on for the entire episode when it could just at least you know be like a scene or two and then he like like oh i see what i'm doing let me change my tactics and it's just not happening that way and get that both noras were out of their minds (laughs) (laughs) speed force nora and west allen nora out of their minds for choosing barry and wanting all of his attention over choosing Iris and having all of hers. Like, do you see? This is your dad? Do you see how you treat that was four children? And that's who you want over Iris, who is, like, the most understanding mother ever? I don't, like, whatever. Bart, be smarter than your sister. Be a mama's boy. It's, like, much less drama. <laughs> um like not even being like a good dad like Barry isn't even a good mentor at this point and I, I agree with you like it's just like when Oliver looks like a better leader than you then you know 
maybe you should reevaluate. And I feel like, you know, after crisis, they're trying to like set Barry up as like the next great thing, but he's clearly not. And they won't let, like, he still has to rely like a lot on his team and situations where he is put into a mentoring position. He's not great. And if it's not like a one shot heart to heart, then he just can't do it. And I don't, I don't really know what they're building with Barry. Cause it doesn't seem like they're building anything with him in seven seasons and he should be building stuff by now. Like Cisco is evaluating or he is, I think Barry should evaluate where he is in his life as well. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that Cisco's reevaluation will make Barry reevaluate his own life. I hope so. <laughs> um, Kristen Kramer. I just feel like they're doing too much. You had one thing with Frost and now you want to go even far. Like they had this like weird conversation between Joe and Kramer before, which is like, Good, good job, good gang, guys. <laughs> but now, like, she's like, you know, coming back more forcefully than she was before, and now she wants to produce like Medicare bullets. Um, you know, there's no guarantee that those will just be used on bad metas. And how one determines the definition of which metas are bad versus good, there's no logic there. There's also no second chances if a meta good, if a good meta is hit with a bullet or even a bystander meta that has nothing to do with this thing, not bothering anybody, then that's it for them. So I feel like the whole, you know, I don't know how they try and spin this into any kind of like ethical light. It's just, it just feels like, you know, very, it's, they're, it's making her almost cartoonish. Like her and Lopez, you know, have a handshake on abusing police authority to pursue like their own personal meta vendetta kind of thing. And I feel like it makes them just very one-sided and they both have similar backstories of like this one meta did them wrong and now they hate all metas and it's just like, it's kind of lazy. So I feel like they could just not do it. Um, yeah. And if you get like, I, I, I guess that's a prediction that Barry's going to have like a bullet aimed at him. And it's just like a piece of, of, of meta's personality that's stripped away now I'm like quoting Frost. <laughs> Pieces of it stripped away and they can never get it back. And for her to try and push that kind of power as good policing is just stupid. Indeed it is. Um, but yeah, I agree with all that. I think my issue mainly is with the inconsistency of it. Like we had Speed Force Nora first want to like fear the other forces. Now she's teaming up with Dion. She's like, we should just kill Barry and Iris. I'm like, what? <laughs> because they're in the way of it so i feel like it just she keeps flip-flopping back and forth and i hope it's just covid to be honest because like there's no sense of urgency in the episodes for me like i watch but it's like mm, nothing is as riveting or engaging and i don't know if it's because like the actors are just not touching each other it's just there's there's something it is really off and like when you have i don't know iris lying on the down on the ground supposedly dead and barry's just like leaning over and not doing anything it just takes me out <laughs> it just takes me out of the scene right. so it's like really frustrating to watch um and it it is lacking something and i think that is what it is but i just need everyone to have like a little bit more urgency in the storylines and the storylines themselves to actually like pick up for it to feel 
devastating, you know, like there's just so much, there's a lot going on. And I don't think that the, the pacing is a little bit off and there could just be more energy being put towards these things. Like you claim all of these forces are doing one thing or wanting another, but we don't really, it feels like it's mostly talk. Um, and I wish that, you know, the writers would just like up their game in this instance, because it is an interesting concept, but the flip-flopping with Nora being like good one day, she wants to build a relationship with Barry. She's threatened by the forces now. And suddenly she's like killing everybody. It's just, it's a lot. <laughs> um, And I completely agree about Kramer because like that whole storyline is just, I don't like the conversations she like Joe has with her. Cause it's almost like, I respect you. Like, yes, there are good cops out there. <laughs> also that conversation again, mm-hmm. but it's like, but what, what led you to think this? <laughs> Clearly she's shown you that she is not right. <laughs> one of those people at all. Um, and she isn't, she's never shown you a moment where she says like, Oh yeah, this let's do this. Or she has changed her mind. Like, she almost had that, conver- you know, she did have that conversation with Joe uh, a couple of episodes ago at the end of the Frost trial and was like sort of apologetic in a way. But she's like, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. If she was going to be like, if her mind was going to be changed, it would have already been changed. <laughs> so she keeps going forward with all of these. And it's like, Joe, she's not a good person. So I feel like the whole respect thing just needs to it needs that conversation needs to back off because it's not working. And it just makes yeah. it look like he sees her methods and maybe if it was you know other group of people besides metahumans he'd maybe agree with her i don't know it's weird and i don't like it so i don't know if i said this last week but if the medicare is supposed to be voluntary why did you give it to the police in the yeah. first place yeah exactly so anyway <laughs> i'm sure that all of our listeners had a lot of thoughts about this episode please share with the class <laughs> Well, here we go with Anita. Did you enjoy that overcast mountain view of the Pacific Northwest by the Cliffside Interstate? I sure did. <laughs> but as for Family Matters, I really like learning more about the forces. While their human backstories fell a little short for me, what we did get strung together was the theme of this two-parter, which is that we can make our own families, I guess. Huh, you know, that's, 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 you got something out of it. That's good. The human hosts of the forces all seem lonely and rejected by their own real-life families in different ways. Bashir's story is, I'm sorry to say, more common than we think. Even though he is a committed putz, I understand why any kid left behind by two sets of parents would keep the new people at bay. I'll reject them before they can reject me. Most people like Caitlin's remarks, which we put Barry in check. But Barry doesn't have a luxury of time to play a meticulously planned long game, like a guy who only coached him to harness his speed. And Alexa slash Fuerza is not Barry's own daughter. I am over this tired parent metaphor. <laughs> Barry and Iris have two children, not six. Can't wait to see Nora and Bart come through and shut down Speed Force Nora with back up imposter grandma. See this mocha skin? See Nora? <laughs> we are their kids, not you, the fuck? <laughs> what were they huffing and passing at that writer's party before the show? Somebody on Twitter made me laugh. They're like, Boston and their multicultural children. <laughs> <laughs> the Rainbow Brigade. <laughs> I watched Cisco and Camilla's scene four times and realized that I was craving more insight into how Cisco sees his life. The only people who'd be satisfied with seeing Cisco at Star Labs 40 years later and never moving on are fascist original team Flash fans, I'm afraid. (laughs) (laughs) 
Kramer, Kramer, Kramer. I really think she's going to make a mess trying to run CCPD under her new regime of zero mm-hmm. meta tolerance. I agree. And she'll run to Joe and Team Flash for help. Just don't give her Flash a secret identity. Oh, I God, doubt they're going to do that. They better not. Um, so Suara said, The Flash this week was good, but not necessarily great. I liked Psych Bashir, who, by the way, is played by Turkish actor Ennis Esmer. Oh, nice. I really liked how Barry and Iris cracked the mystery of what his motivations were and convinced him to give up his vendetta. I'm again loving Michelle as the corrupted speed force. It felt like she went full Dark Phoenix in this episode, and I loved it. Even though I didn't necessarily like the chief ending of apparently killing Iris and the other forces, although there's no way they're, they're actually dead, it was well acted and felt compelling in the moment. I can't wait to see how they defeat her. As for the Cisco and Camilla subplot of deciding where to live, sigh. Like, seriously, that was Cisco's deepest fear? It felt totally misleading <laughs> in the previous yeah, episode. It's normal. It's a normal fear for us. <laughs> I think when he was saying it can't end like this, he didn't mean like, you can't die like this. He meant like, it yeah. can't end with me at 40 in this stupid <laughs> lab. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> this can't be my life. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. This can't be my life. Was what it should have been. <laughs> anyway, um, it felt misleading in the previous episode. And once again, feel shoehorned in for Camilla's exit and for Camilla and Victoria to only serve for that exit. It's very frustrating. I agree with that. I'm like, I wish you could stay. <laughs> Just go live your life. Let's go off screen. <laughs> um, Again, Carlos and Victoria deserve much better from the show. True. Although, uh, also, while on principle, I'm glad that Joe left the police force because all cops are bad. The reason for it felt wrong. Kramer is about to infringe on people's liberties. Shouldn't he have fought her more on that? I'm hoping that there's going to be a storyline where they're going to go back and fight her from the outside. I would hope. Not just like, I'm not going to be a cop anymore. Because yeah. I agree that was ridiculous. Um, Kramer was about to infringe. Oh, right, I already said that. Also, Kramer sucks. I don't know what Eric and the writers are trying to achieve here. Maybe it'll come to something good and compelling? I don't know. Right now, it's just painful to watch. Well, you're not wrong about that. And then Sonia. Sonia, Sonia, Sonia. Okay. Sonia. Why Why is it not? Okay, there we go. Um, The Flash. First of all, before I get into the feedback, can the show please stop with the forces calling Barry and Iris mom and dad and calling each other brother <laughs> the and universal sister? universal dislike. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> it was funny and cute for like two seconds and now it's just weird the only fully grown actors that should be calling Candace and Grant mom and dad are Jessica Parker Kennedy and Jordan Fisher end of story I liked that they delved into Psyche's identity Psyche's identity sorry as it shows why he kept targeting rich people also I love Ennis Esmer who plays Bashir he's one of my favorite characters uh, rich.com on Blindspot oh good to know so he's a Berlin tea person that's why um, he made every episode of that show better. I hope we see more of him on The Flash. Poor Alexa with Barry continuing to push her despite her not being ready. Just like in my Batwoman feedback, with me actually liking Jacob for once, ever, I also liked Caitlin's episode for once, ever. <laughs> she was great telling Barry to ease up on Alexa and having the idea of giving her the mental activity dampener that allowed her to speak with Frost so that Alexa could speak with Forza. Sykes' powers manifests, manifesting as those rope things reminds me of Nia's powers on Supergirl, which is pretty cool. LMAO at Speed Force Nora being a goth. <laughs> like, please get some therapy. She literally knocked out Iris, Bashir, and Alexa all at once. I hope next episode they wake up quickly because I don't want con I don't want Candace to be unconscious for the entire episode. It's so I funny want Alexa- because like the the description is literally Barry and Iris fight together. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, so somehow she will be. How can she will she wake up out? because she is she is not. <laughs> 
in any promo pictures. And last we checked, she was on the ground. So right, she'll just get right back up after and be like, "Huh, fooled you." Um, I want Alexa and Bashir to be able to fight Speed Force Nora, but mostly for Candice to be in the episode. <laughs> also, I can't believe I forgot to mention. I loved how Iris was the one to get through Bashir. So did I. Joe's storyline was awesome. Kramer's crazy. I'm glad Joe stood up for what he believes in and quit his job. I can't wait to see what they do with Joe now. Hopefully they do something. Um, all right. And that's the feedback. Wonderful. Do we have any predictions? Other than Cisco going forth with Argus. I hope he doesn't stay there. But yeah. yeah. That's more of a hope and not a prediction. But I do predict that Kramer's run of the CCPD won't be as successful. Like, cops will slowly start to just like not want to do what she wants to do <laughs> and they will form the blue wall against <laughs> <laughs> like i think that's how we're gonna get frost in the right. episode but by, by that time she'll be like maybe all metas maybe some metas deserve rights <laughs> and then like frost can get out <laughs> to help for one day right i don't have any other predictions so i agree with that <laughs> same i do think that I don't know. I guess all this, you know, mom, dad stuff after the forces stuff, forces story is over. We'll actually get Barry and Iris to talk about their real family. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So we that's like a certainty. That's not a prediction. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like my my predictions to be certain. Hundred <laughs> percent going to happen. <laughs> all right. It's already raining. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Lady with Gumption of the Week nominees. Oh. For uh, Legends, who do we have? Oh, Zari. Yeah, yes. Zari, definitely. She she took on the throne. The throne. <laughs> um, for Batwoman, I... Sophie quitting her job. Brian. Brian, Monty. <laughs> like, for saving them from... Yeah, because like they all did something. It's just Mary, like Mary made an antidote. That's true. Mary did make the antidote, and she Stood did up to her dad with a whole clinic full of full of crackheads <laughs> of zombies. <laughs> and then for well, okay, we didn't choose one for Batwoman. Everyone, I, the ladies, just everyone. Everyone. <laughs> everyone, all, all the, the ladies, Batwoman, all the <laughs> Batwomen, Black Lightning. I like Lauren. Yeah, yeah. JJ for you know doing the yeah. right oh, thing. Oh, that's true. JJ did do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I like JJ. Um, mm-hmm. and then Flash. Hmm. Alexa. Yeah, Alexa for for, <laughs> for taking <laughs> on <laughs> or understanding Flaza and and, and overcoming she, her she own fear. Bashir. Yeah, fighting Bashir, mm-hmm. overcoming her own fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the actual winner. I feel like it's sorry. It's just yeah. we were so unclear on the others, except for Alexa. But sorry, yeah, I think it, I think it would be between Alexa and Zari, and probably yeah. Zari, because she saved the day and her business all in exactly. one shot. Multitasking and claimed John as her boyfriend. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Zari, queen of all. Claimed her man, claimed her business, and her throne. Amazing. So Zara Tarazi is our Lady with Gumption of the Week. Fabulous. We will be back next week with another four shows, except Black Lightning will be ending. So you will hear our thoughts on the series finale for that. As always, you can send us all your thoughts or follow us while we live tweet on DCT Gumption over on Twitter. Send us your thoughts to ladieswgumption at gmail.com or ladieswgumption.tumblr.com. And we will see you and 
see you. You know, you will hear us next week. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>